Hello, everyone, and welcome to Weekly Manga Recap. It is January the 24th of 2024, and we are back with We're Manga here. Talkie Times. Yeah, they can't stop us. I have decided this is a new year. I'm going to be more official. I'm wearing a blazer. I have a little scarf. I feel I feel very important right now. I feel like I need to tell someone to go get my coffee, uh, which would probably do a lot of damage to me if i drank coffee right now so i definitely shouldn't but that's the power i crave nick uh, I, I need you to understand this yeah i, I see you kind of like got, i've got like a professional office set up right now as well uh you know but instead of uh framing like a like a, a degree or certificate it's uh it's <laughs> it's just the framed portrait of of naputaku winning <laughs> yeah. top most popular character he, he is uh, right here all that's your he, he won best boy uh of Vagachan forever and always um and uh also uh i have a workstation back here from when joe and austin lived here and joe went through i believe this was her third workstation in my house <laughs> i have like nah. two, i have like two other half set up workstations still existing in my house uh because joe uh, just had times where she's like, this will help my productivity. So a new workstation got constructed. Okay. Well, now it it's here. I don't know what to do with it. I, I think it's just going to yeah. exist there forever. All right. Until I destroy it and maybe set up yeah. some kind of life-size Nanami thing. Like, it'll it'll be Nanami and I can, I can slide my own hair into his hand and I can relive my favorite mom moment in all of fiction. Okay, so uh, I, I want to rip off a joke I've heard so bad. So, somebody was like, "If Nanami had me in that position, I would have unzipped his pants and shown Sabuya a real incident." Okay, so I. I'm sorry. I, I, I know that, that I'm basically just producing dead air right now. Uh, I am. You weren't expecting the start of this I, episode to go. Like this. No, I was not prepared. So I told uh, you I'm a business person. This is what business people talk about, right? Is it? Well, now I don't know. Now, now I feel uh, confused. Perhaps I've been lying I'm concerned to. about. I'm concerned about uh, what your context for your impressions of uh, what business people talk about are. <laughs> I'm like, let's look at me. I'm a stupid business jerk. Blah blah blah. I want to get railed by not me. Nah blah blah blah. Specifically, <laughs> that's the water cooler talk. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, did you watch the game last night? No, I was too thick of getting getting my back blasted up by not me song. I've been there. <laughs> Another Sunday, right? You imagine if like that was the topic that was associated with like really boring white people. You know, it's just like the most plain, mundane talk. Isn't like, oh, did you? What? How about this weather? Oh yeah, did you see the game last night? Is like, like, oh, what are you thinking about? No, oh, I get my back blasted up on Nanami. Yeah, you know how it is. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Back to the grind, but not that kind of grind. <laughs> <laughs> not the grind I want to be doing. Yeah, that's it's like that's that's like the version of dad jokes in that universe. I was gonna say that's their version of working hard or hardly working. Right, working hard or getting fucked by Nanami. <laughs> I'm like, well, 
<laughs> I can only pick one. Um, <laughs> this is such a weird energy to start the show. We have so many manga to talk about. We, we should probably, I guess, just move into talking about them. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I'm not sure how we're going to go from this to talking about two boys fighting each other. But here we go. Uh, uh, yeah, there's someone out there who wants Shigaraki to, Shigaraki to blow their back out. It's not me, but I'm happy for whoever it is. I have to imagine that there are multiple someones who want that. Like, yeah. I can't imagine that there's only just a single person who has that uh, fascination. It, it might just be the one. It, 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 it's Spinner, I believe. <laughs> Boom, we're back on topic. <laughs> Here we go. That's how we do it. <laughs> done and done. Like a business person would do. <laughs> My Hero Academia. Chapter number 412. History's Maddest Hero. Uh, we get a lot of, like, Deku just doing, like, here's how I'm combining my quirks. He, he He's punching. Okay? Uh-huh. He's punching hard. The, with the- I mean, there's there's a wild thing that he's like, I'm using the black whips internally in my own body to hold my muscles Fine. together and flex them. Yeah. I was like, you could do that. I, he may have established it at some point before in his life, but I was like, this feels like a pretty big development that you could use your powers in that way. It seems uh, dangerous as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he completely like explodes off one of his gauntlets too when he, when he does it. Uh, and uh, he just unleashes this massive blast of air that prevents Shigaraki from touching the ground, so he can't channel it through the earth to decay stuff. Uh, but uh, Shigaraki's like, oh, whatever. Uh, I'll just, you know, keep on touching stuff. Touchy touch, 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 touch. Uh, but there is a massive dust cloud that Deku is also summoned with his abilities, and he strikes from out of the smoke uh, and blows off Shigaraki's hand. Uh, put it put it on the t- on the counter. Mark it off. Another ar- another arm came off today. Hooray! Yeah, the bleach uh, memorial category is getting filled early this year. That's right. Uh, Not but, even uh, the only arm getting blown off. We'll talk about nope. this week. Nope. Uh, but uh, Shigaraki is still you know very dangerous, and also he's got danger sense, and also he brings up the fact that he's got Ragdoll's search quirk as well. So even if he doesn't detect danger, which is what Deku is actually using the smoke for, so that it's basically constantly feedbacking on him, so he can't use spider sense while Deku's actually attacking him. Whoa, uh, Nick, please! It's danger sense, not spidey sense. Completely different. Deku sense, yeah. Uh, he can still detect the quirk with ragdoll uh and so he's like yeah so you're never gonna get you know get get a chance to catch your breath and then he starts talking about it's like and i know you know what your problem is which is that like you can't finish me off unless you kill me but you're not going to do that because you're obsessed with saving child me uh and you're not going to give that up and deck is like yeah i'm not gonna give up on that crying boy so shigaraki starts mocking him and he says, like, hey, you're just like all these people who have this narrow worldview and you can't cope with the reality that I'm imposing upon us. So you're just trying to cram me into that worldview like a square peg into a round hole. Uh, and he says, like, we're connected still because of all the weird one for all, all for one stuff. So take a closer look and you can see that I've buried that little kid. My worldview has taken over. The boy's gone. Only I'm left. Zool. Uh, Demur Shigaraki. Mm. 
and the visual for this is like an entire building has like been crumbled apart and like turned into a sphere around the kid Tenko that uh, Deku had seen previously. So we go back to previous wielders of one for all, in this case, Nana, telling him like, you can't save him, kid. Just you gotta kill him. You've got your only chance at this point is to destroy him with a single blow. Just do it. And Deck is like, no, I, I, I can't. I have to ask why he can't let go of the sad, lonely past of his. All he did was put a lid on it. And up until that lid shatters to pieces, I won't stop smashing away at it. And Deku gets really, really scary looking when he says this. Like, he looks scarier than when he was, like, full, dirty, smelly Deku, uh, who was wearing the mask and stuff. This is a very intense look. It's very interesting. He also kind of has that, like, X-shaped scar that I think the second wielder kind of has, the one that makes him look like Bakugo a little bit. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's intentional, because that's literally the next character kind of speaks, but Mm -hmm. it feels somewhat intentional in the shading there. Uh, and said second wielder says like, yeah, this is why I was opposed to helping out with all of this. You know, he's he's got this delusion that he could save his own arch enemy. It's madness, a madness that disrupts our destined path. Uh, and he's like, yeah, th- he's he doesn't understand because he grew up in this peaceful time. He doesn't understand the harsh reality of what we've got to do. Uh, but he also admits having observed from within i know the truth this boy clings to a driving notion that anyone whether the most vile among us or even the quirkless inside each of us beats an innately human heart i too want to believe but as he thinks that a hand points forward a hand that belongs to the toshinori spirit it seems like. Uh, and the second wielder looks to him and then looks off in the distance to where it's where he's pointing. And he thinks, call me a fan of saccharine sentiment, but now you have to do exactly as I say. I'm betting everything on you, Ninth. The time has come to part ways with one for all. So what could this mean? Who knows? We'll find out next time. I think it means uh, he's going to give all for one to Shigaraki. It seems like that might be an implication. I mean, that's yeah. a, the super cool move. If that's what happens, I think that's pretty interesting. I, I think some people have predicted this for a, a while now, um, but I don't really get into like theory crafting uh, with stuff as much as I probably should. Uh, and I think that concept's super cool. The idea that he'll like hand it over to Shigaraki, which is kind of dangerous to a certain extent, considering how many quotes yeah, a little bit. going on. Um, but I think if that's what he's going for, then I think that is going to be a very cool and, and baller move. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, also, I have heard some people say that Star and, Stars and Stripes hand. I don't remember what her armor looked like. Um, and I don't know what the implication would be of her being the one pointing. Um, but maybe. I guess that does look like her gauntlet. Hmm. Maybe. Okay. 
But I think it's a good chapter. Uh, I appreciate Deku sticking to his guns. Uh, hopefully we get some development because it feels like we've been in a little bit of a stasis for a little bit since the Deku Shigaraki fight started. Um, and I'll be curious to see kind of what happens next if, if Deku does give all for one to Shigaraki or not. Yep. All right. Uh, yeah. Let's go on to Undead Unluck. Yeah, this is number 191, Top Bull Sparks. I have no idea why this chapter is called that, by the way. Uh, So uh, we get a color page. It's a four-year anniversary. That's why I wore this blazer, so I could feel fucking as fancy as Fuko looks in this chapter. She looks phenomenal. Mm. Holy shit. Uh, We get a cool color spread showing all the different members of Union, uh, Ed Fang. Uh, So really cool stuff. uh, super cool. Uh, and uh, and apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, an apocalypse. Hey, he's part of the team at this point, as far I, as I'm kind of. Yeah. <laughs> so we start in a flashback. It is September 30th, 2015. This is just before the last quests were uh, decided and all the conditions. So apocalypse opens by saying, "Do you hear me? Ten superior rules. I'm about to make the new uh, qu- the new quests." And our uh, our people have enough penalties that there is no longer a limit to how many master rules can participate. I need a minimum of two. However, God is hoping for more. <coughs> so for the next three minutes, the gate will be open and the protection removed. And anyone who would like to join is more than welcome to enter. So the first seat is like, all right, there you have it. So who's going? And everyone says, uh... I'll go. Even uh, 10 <laughs> sick. It's like, yes, I'll go too. Uh, they don't focus on him at all in this chapter. Me. <laughs> but I do like the idea. He's like, hey, you know, I think round two, I might do better. Um, So, number one's just like, I figured everybody would say that. I guess we'll all go then. I mean, sick alone was enough to basically almost kill all of them, so yeah. why don't we all just go? And, you know, we get little scenes of different characters talking. Uh, change is like, oh, I'm really gonna go out there and change them this time for sure. But then Andy shows up uh, and fires off some soul bullets. Uh, They are blocked, um, but uh, Change is immediately angry. She's like, every single time you show up, you sicken me. You always have your manhood here. Put it away. (coughs) Excuse me. Yeah, she's not a fan of the uh, of the nudiness. Uh, And um, I think that we actually just have like a bunch of discrepancy shots. We don't have to have a big old sensor bar for for andy in this chapter there's yeah. like smoke or word bubbles that get in the way instead yeah there's there's some tasteful cover-ups there imagine if there was they were just like nah his dick so charred ain't even worth it <laughs> don't even count no more <laughs> uh he manages to hit change with an attack and as a result she's wrapped up in his soul chains so she's going to be locked in place she can't move uh one member of the the table the oldest looking member shows up and is like ah, this old folky is itching for a trip outside step aside now if you please and he uses an attack called time defense and all we can see mm. is that like andy's body starts to move out of sync with his soul and the member of the group who has like sort of a military garb just like great job let me handle this and he fires a whole bunch of like rockets and cannons and tanks show up and they're like well that's good i mean old man really uh make it so his regeneration should be slow so that should make these chains and as the smoke clears not only are the chains not gone he's managed to hook everyone else but the first seat with his chains 
Uh, we we see the old man's like, oh, now I'm stunned. And number one's like, don't get a hold of your no, don't feel too bad. It took him hundreds of millions of years to be able to pull off a technique like that. Also, I think at this point we could just assume the old man is probably time as a rule, um, but mm. not definite yet. So maybe maybe presumptuous to say anything. Uh, number one figures out exactly what Andy did, though. He's like, you just turned your brain off and let your soul move your body, right? Because your mind and your soul were placed on a lag, uh, a time lag. So that would be a way of doing it. And I'm flattered, actually. You believe in souls, then. I wonder who allowed that to happen, because in my experience, people like you don't believe in them. So, ooh, perhaps we have found out who this is. This perhaps is soul. Mm. Uh... Soul, or number one, I should say, uh, starts attacking yeah, Andy. Yeah, so to conclusions. Yeah. yeah. Uh, starts attacking Andy, and there's a bunch of, you know, Dragon Ball Z collision effect explosions going on. Uh, and he's just like, you know, you're, you're allocating everything to the chains, so you're just able to keep me in check. But I, we're short on time here, so I'm going to end this now. And once we get the better of you, then we'll all be free. And Soul starts activating this, you know, big attack shoots out this giant beam called Soul Road. And Andy counters it, again, very Dragon Ball Z and sort of like a Kamehameha meet in the middle uh, kind of energy blast. And the first seat just says, amazing. And you're not even my vessel. There is no denying it. This loop's strongest negator is you. At this point, Apocalypse notes that there's only 30 seconds left to get out. Uh, and the chains around beast and language are broken. Uh, and he's like, oh, did you just free those two? Well, that's fine. You're only freeing up a little bit of energy. And you two just wait there because I'm going to handle this in a quick second. And they both just look at each other and peace out. Bye! <laughs> yeah, they're like, later. <laughs> uh, and at that point, Apocalypse says, time's up. That's Those are the only ones who will be added to the quests. And the gate's going to be closed. Uh, and he's like, number one, it's like, damn, to think that we all took them on at once and only two of us managed to get free. Uh, Apocalypse teleports Andy outside at this point. Uh, but as he's doing it, number one just looks at him and just says, like, you planned on letting those two go from the very beginning, didn't you? You know, was that wise? Because they're still very strong. No, I know why you did it, though. It's because of that whole trust thing you guys are big on. Gross. And that's mm. how the chapter ends as we jump back to the present as Fuko is flying off. She has Juez in tow. There are still four more members they need to grab and then all these quests to complete. But we get a little flash backwards, uh, I think, in, in celebration of the anniversary to figure out how those two specifically got to be the, the ones in this mission. Yeah, uh, I do like some of the little touches like uh, when they head off uh, language is reading uh, her book. Uh, while they're flying through space <laughs> like immediately as soon as they're out to oh, open this book up and read it uh so that's just her thing um it is it does add an extra little level of intrigue to know that each of the members of the council uh have one particular person that is their counterpart because mm -hmm. it indicates like oh you know as we go through this you know we're going to find out who those counterparts are and even with these first two it's like what the fuck is going to be like the language one? Is it going to be, is it going to be Tella because of the inability to speak? Like uh, what, what's, what's going on with that? Uh, but it just kind of is an, a little indication of like, Oh, that hopefully this means that there'll be, you know, 
certain characters that will get a little bit of a spotlight because they're uh, opposed to these forces that are coming after them. Yeah, there's definitely a way for them to open up a couple things here and add some like interesting character developments. Again, this all really comes down to how long this series is going to run for. Like, yeah. it always feels like we're getting close to wrapping it up to some extent. Uh, and then I'm like, no, I guess there's like four new, four more characters they have to grab and then ruin. And then they might add more people because like some of these things I don't like. I don't know who would be the vessel for Beast. Do they want to add vessels for all these characters? Are we going to establish them? Does that mean there's a soul somewhere? Like, you know, like what is he? What do these things mean, basically? So, yeah, yeah very curious. Very, very interesting. All right. Let's head on down to Blue Box. Ba, 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 Blue Box. The Blue Box. Chapter number 33. Why? Why? Uh, we get uh, Chinatsu. Cute little picture of her with a little Taiki snowman. Hopefully she'll be just as happy and whimsical in this moment throughout the rest of the chapter. Yeah. Uh, so it is the basketball match between Aime and, Sai- and Saisho. Uh, so Chinatsu uh, is leading her team. Yumika is leading hers. They're trading scores uh, and they're getting quite a crowd because they're like, this is like essentially like a finals match. The, the quality of these two competitors because of how far they got last year, how competitive this game is. And we get you know some more intense play. And Chinatsu goes up for a contested shot and she lands awkwardly on... Uh, one of her feet and stumbles into uh, her defender and they both they both go tumbling over but there's just a quick little crash there that's scary for a moment and like okay okay they, they seem fine uh, but Taiki kind of immediately uh, looks a little bit worried even as Chinatsu shoots him a little smile from, from the court and she gets the ball uh, Chinatsu does goes for a layup and she, she gets a, a score and she again lands on her foot and she senses she you can tell that she immediately senses that something's a little bit wrong but she starts running back on defense uh as yubiko you know leads a charge to offense and taiki looks worried (laughs) again and when it cuts to the court uh after, after that uh something's gone wrong uh because taiki starts having to flashback he just thinks about how you know, like his mother comments like, oh, you're always like going ho- going to, to school early. And he just thinks to himself, it's because there's always someone there who's earlier than me. And she just, she was always the first one there to practice. And now in this moment, she is clutching her ankle in pain because she has injured it in one of the most important games that she's ever played in. And uh, so everything stops. You know, her team's mates rush over to her. Uh, Taiki runs down from the stands. He starts to go in the back of the bleachers, and by the time that he comes out on the court level, she's being checked out by a doctor, and he says, let's get you to the hospital. And she has to leave the game. Yumika is in shock uh, over this, and we just get a really quick summary of the rest of the game, which is that Aime put up a good fight, they had some really good defense, but Yumika was unstoppable. And eventually, uh, Saisho wins 72 to 69. A big upset. Yep. And uh, so that's it. That's 
as far as they're going to go as a team this year. And uh, later on, Taiki uh, is just you know, by himself. He gets uh, he's on his phone. He's texting Chinatsu, "Are you okay?" And he starts to grimace, but then Yumeka comes up from behind and grabs him by the shoulder, and she's like, "How is how is she?" And uh, she's like, "Why? Why she? She spent the most time with the ball. She never ran away from basketball." So why? And that's just it. That's just the chapter. Is this these two kids having to contemplate the unfairness of it? Yeah. Uh, I don't want to say I called it, <laughs> uh, but I, I did. I did say that I was like, we're we're dramatically due for one of these two to not succeed. And it feels more dramatically fitting that uh, Chinatsu would be the one to fall uh, early. I didn't know it would be because of an injury. That's very sad yeah. and painful. Uh, that's uh, always brutal uh, when a sports series kind of ends uh, a bit of <laughs> the way with that. Like, it's kind of how the uh, Hinata's journey <laughs> in Haikyuu also ends, uh, at least as we uh, intimately follow it anyway. He has a long career right. after that, but um yeah like injuries are just such a brutal thing and i think there is yeah just a a confrontation of the cruelty of the the universe in this moment of just like how can this possibly happen uh taiki just wants to kind of hear something uh she didn't get the chance to play a full game with her friend even her friend has to be like i came back and and win uh i won but like did i really like it's 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 very brutal the score was so close it was only a three-point difference yeah. so you had to feel like chinatsu would have been a decisive a decisive factor in that um i don't know there's there's a lot of there's a lot of things going on here that uh are are very dramatic but this is good storytelling and i am uh excited to see more of what happens in that blocks in that box that is so blue yeah um it's going to be interesting to see where things go from here uh how much you know we get to see of these kids lives when one of them is no longer you know following the dream that they started off the series with at least that's how the narration makes it seem it says very very bluntly like that's it that's as far as they get this year they lost and it and it's and it's chinatsu's last year in high school so in addition um um, sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you uh but uh this also might mean chinatsu has to leave because that was the condition her dad said he's like as long as you're still playing will allow it but if she's out you know there's still a lot of the school year they may just be like well you should come live this with is us the now. start this is the start of the third year yeah. like it's only a few months into it because this is like spring and the year doesn't end until winter yeah uh so uh i don't know um that's gonna be what's really interesting about this i mean we've been exploring we've been setting up this idea you know with the uh, conversation between haru and yodo that hey there's more to life than just you know high school sports yes. uh so 
it, are we going to follow Shinatsu as she, you know, finds that for herself? Is it going to be rededicating herself to basketball? Like, if does she is she going to want to pursue it in college, or is she going to find something else that she's interested in? Um, it could be a lot of things because Blue Box is a odd series, uh, and I say odd only in terms of like for the magazine that it's in, uh, it doesn't have the same narrative conventions. So it makes it more unpredictable. <laughs> yeah, uh, it'll be curious to see where they kind of go from here. But that's the fun of Blue Box is just following development. They've succeeded at kind of everything uh, it's attempted to do. So I, I am along for the ride. Uh, in a similar way, and Nick, I... While we're all feeling blue, uh-huh. let's move on. <laughs> Maybe I could have uh, a vortex of some kind and... You Perhaps. could have two blue uh, vortexes. I was gonna say, wow, I I really earned it, haven't I? Two blue yeah. blue vortexes, oh, fancy. Yeah, yeah, you gotta share them with Borosa though. Never mind, I'll kill myself. Oh, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go drink some bleach. Chapter six. I'm three there years. Pouring foreign photos of Kumamura into my mouth. Why isn't this working? <laughs> Please. <laughs> Bleach is only like 5% Kumamura. <laughs> if that. All right. Chapter 6 of Boruto 2 Blue Vortex. Three years. Featuring Green Ass Shikamaru. That is a green ass shirt. Uh, Shikamaru has gone to meet with the Council of Elders. Um, which I think we've seen, you know, once before. Like when I, Donzo say, I was, was going to say, I feel like Donzo spoke to them at one point. Yeah, so they're talking about us. Oh, that Barto is here, and we're recapping situations from previous chapters. Uh, so they just kind of recap the previous chapters and what they want Shikamaru to do. But as Shikamaru turns to leave, uh, one of them says, "It's been three years. The period you yourself designated. Stop daddying. Formally accept the title of Lord Eighth." You're weakening our position, not just with the Land of Fire, but the other villages as well. Uh, and it's established that apparently, like, yeah, I guess after Naruto left, like, they've been having, like, some troubles, I guess. Sure. Because... The- theoretically, there should have been massive changes after Boruto yeah. was seemingly killed and three years had passed without an official Hokage, like an official yep. leader. Yep. Granted, do we know any of these changes? No. This this was this um, was a time skip in, in name only. The fiscal budget, Quinn. Yeah. You gotta, that, that, you I'm don't... going to allude to that in the most boring possible terms. <laughs> what a what a pathetic use to try to build a world. <laughs> we have a budget. <laughs> We're yeah. real people. <laughs> yeah, a budget. There's all these things we do with our money that we need to consider have we even thought about the budget our ninja budget our ninja four-year plan it's it's so obnoxious i hate this series all right shikamaru in his office smoking a cigarette Eno comes in and is like hey uh here's that data you wanted i guess and uh, Shikamaru's like, thanks. Why did you want it? This is a like really old mission log. And Shikamaru's like, eh, just curiosity. You can go now, you know. So she turns to leave. And then uh, she stops, 
and communicates back to him with her communication mental telepathy jutsu. So that was just like an excuse for me to meet with you, right? What, what did you actually want to talk about? Which is admittedly kind of nice. That sure. like, oh, you know, these two old teammates who go way back, she understood that there was more to it based on just the circumstances without her having him having to tell her. Yeah, uh, there it feels as though the clues were there. There was definitely like, something's up. But I do like, yeah, that the, the, we're able to re familiar uh, familiarize ourselves again with like, oh, right. These are like old teammates and friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he tells her through their connection, hey. I just make like a private connection between us. So it's just you and me talking. I don't want the sensor unit listening and I don't want Ada or Kawaki or Amada listening either. No one, uh, which does actually suggest like, this is why they're doing it this way is that Ada can't actually spy on their conversation with her ability. If they do it this way, if they were to talk in person that she could anyway, she says, look, do as I say, because you're the only one I can ask for this. All right. And so she agrees. We cut over to where Kawaki is. Uh, Ada tells him what she saw, which was like, yeah, there's the, they're like developing their trees. They're developing like personalities and stuff. They have individual targets that they want to come after. Uh, and they also want to kill Naruto as well. Uh, and also me. And Kawaki says like, why? Why? And Ada's like, I don't know. Mm. question well, mark well naruto is in my hands right now and i'll just get rid of these things too but then damon the why sagacious damon says you know uh boruto and sasuke are the only ones besides us who know the hokage is alive and though no one's likely to believe those two because they're criminals if the claw grimes were to come here looking for the hokage wouldn't someone eventually figure out that you lied? Yeah. I mean, yeah. feels like this is a conversation that shouldn't have taken three years to happen, but sure. <laughs> like, yes. Just hit a pause button on everything. <laughs> it, it does feel like that in a lot of way. Every character for the past three years has just kind of been like, sup, sup. Yeah. Carry on. All right. All right. Love the weather today. Uh, and then Kwaki just like leaves and, and they just like, where are you going? Leave me alone. Spy on me. If you want to find out. It's like, All right. It's good to know that you like acknowledge that you can never actually be alone while this woman exists, but okay. Goes outside. Mitsuki is out there brooding. Uh, and, uh, he's like, yeah, it's my job to guard you and Ada. Okay. Cut away from them. Uh, it's Baruto hanging out with Samira and Serata. Serata's being like, oh god, I hugged him. This is oh god. So weird. I hate this. She's so like, oh, Doge, I can't believe I threw myself at him like that. Like, you hugged You were happy him. to see him. Chill out. What is this? I understand you're all supposed to be kids, even though, like, it feels like the manga is trying to be like, no, actually, you're like adults or whatever. Uh, but like, even then, this is just, like, dorky and stupid. This is, like, old-school Kishimoto fucking how to write a woman. Kishimoto uh, has notes for all the chapters and uh, for all the characters and stuff, and his notes for Serata are, uh, loves Boruto, 
question mark after that? Yeah. Uh, woman? <laughs> question mark? Woman. It just says fashion? Question mark? Question mark? Question mark? <laughs> Shopping? Sasuke's daughter and trails off. <laughs> Likes Boruto. No way. Where's that already? Big jacket. Parentheses. <laughs> Boruto's? Question mark? <laughs> Impractical. Heels underline 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 underline. Yeah. Um. So, uh, Sumire clearly senses like, oh my god, these two fucking. I, I guess I'll be the <laughs> the mature one here. And it's like, so how are things, Bart? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. And then Bart's like, oh yeah, yeah, same for you, Serata. I never imagined you'd jump at me like that. It's like, what is with you? <laughs> so, uh. Then uh, Sumeri brings up, are you sure that you should be here like for very long? Like someone's going to detect you. And he's like, oh, I erased my chakra signature. I mean, Kawaki will detect me at some point. But uh, anyway, uh, so I need to tell you about Sasuke. Uh, he got absorbed by the Ten Tails. Blah, 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 blah. They, fortunately, that recap happens off screen. Kawaki uh, is like, I sense Boruto's presence. Cut back to Boruto and Serata. And, uh, oh, wait, the explanation doesn't happen off screen. Yeah, I was going to say, no, we absolutely have the discussion. <laughs> we cut away just to be like, no, Sasuke is coming. Uh, but then you're yep. like, oh, wait, no, he's not coming. Mitsuki is coming. Uh, yeah. So they have the explanation for the things that we already knew. We learned nothing in that sequence. And then we cut back to, uh, Mitsuki uh, is being monitored by the sensory ninja people, and he goes, Oh, Lord Eighth. Uh, and Shikamaru is like, What is it? Boruto is here somewhere in the village. Oh, how do you know that? Okawaki sensed him with their connection and stuff. Can you get Ada to pinpoint his precise location? And Shikamaru's like, Wait, where's Kawaki? Don't worry about it. He's knocked him out. <laughs> and it's like, Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> If, if when a character did something kind of unpredictable, okay. <laughs> so, uh, then we cut back to Boruto and Sarada and Samiri, and they're just, like, sitting down, having a chat about stuff, uh, very calmly going through this Otsutsuki thing. They talk about how Code's claw grind thing maybe it caused the chakra th tree stuff to evolve in an unpredictable way. At that moment, Shikamaru starts talking to Boruto through Eno's jutsu. Mm -hmm. And he's like, hey, listen, it's just you, me, and, 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 and Eno talking. This is an unofficial transmission. We're the only ones talking, okay? And Boruto's like, so I hear you, you're Hokage now. Uh, are you sure that you should actually like be doing this with me? And Shikamaru's like, I'm just the interim Hokage. I'm not formally assumed the title okay and Lord's like that's not the point why should I trust you and Shikamaru's like you're about to have company you need to go and a snake appears around Boruto I, it's one of these things where like we can't like have a cool conversation because the characters need to like Boruto needs to be obnoxious and annoying or whatever mm -hmm. uh, so I don't know. It, it, yeah, Snake shows up, action scene. Yep. So, uh, 
The snake starts coiling around Boruto, but before it can bite him, he snaps his sword out of its sheath and sends it flying, and then he uses the flying Raijin technique to teleport to it so that he can escape the snake coil. It's like, all right, it's nice. Cool. Uh, Mitsuki shows up. He's uh, got, like, seal-release-looking stuff. His hair is all flowy, and he's got spectral snakes coiling around him and everything. As we finally meet again, you know, because that's how all ninjas act is they have to do dramatic entrances with speeches and stuff when they're trying to take down the person that they, you know, want to kill. Uh, and Sarai's like, stop, listen. And he's like, no. Anyway, <laughs> snakes he attack. Does, he does say, he acknowledges, he's like, something, he must be lying to you some way, but yeah. like, step aside because I can't control my strength. Because he's, you know, 14 and he thinks that sounds cool. Mm -hmm. So snakes fly out of him. Boruto slashes through them with his lightning sword thing. Uh, and then Boruto jumps up in the air. Uh, and uh, while he's up in the air, he just says, Hey, Serata, I swear I'll ma rescue Master Sasuke and everyone else who's turned into trees. What a sentence. Mm -hmm. uh, now, Nick, to... I, I know we sort of moved past it real quick, but there was like a big uh, little action scene going on there real quick. And of course, uh, Serata is probably the other person alongside Boruto and most intimately know all of Mitsuki's techniques. And she wants to protect Boruto and she's the leader of this team. So what cool action thing? And she, she has super she has super punching powers. Yeah. So what and, cool uh, action does she contribute to the scene? Uh, her jacket troops off one shoulder. But it always does that. So she has to do something, right? No, no, no. Uh, no, wait, hang on. Oh, you're right. The action scene starts with the drooping on her shoulder. I guess nothing happened. I guess nothing happened on her end. Oh, okay. She's just like, she goes, no, boy, stop it. Yeah. No. She's like, Mitsuki, don't. It doesn't even succeed in that. He, he's shooting out his fucking stand attack, and she's like, stop. What are you doing? Oh, my God. No, Mitsuki. don't. Mitsuki, no, don't. You don't understand. Okay. Oh, my gosh. So, boys, please. Shopping. <laughs> Guys, stop it. Why don't we all just get along and go to the mall together? <laughs> Uh, Serata would be 100% cooler if she was just a valley girl super into shopping <laughs> and she just really played it all the time like what are we doing we have to be getting ready for the junior ball <laughs> yeah that would be like a third character trait that's giving Kishimoto too much uh, credit right now <laughs> yeah. with her glasses that's one here we go she's got glasses uh, so Borda says like I'll rescue everyone who's turned into trees as well as no never mind I'll be back Okay, like, I guess there's something that he doesn't want to bother to tell her right now, and we're supposed to think that that's ominous and whatever. It was like, all right, whatever. I'm sure that's not nearly as important as that ominousness seems to indicate. He he gets away. He, he, he literally flies away. Uh, and Mitsuki stands there. This series has gotten so much less cool since it was revealed characters could just Dragon Ball fly. fly. So... Boruto flies I, away. I feel like I need to uh, stress. I've referenced Dragon Ball three different times today so far for techniques. I know Dragon Ball is not the only series that did them. It's just the one that comes to popular consciousness, particularly when it comes yeah. to series that were clearly inspired by it. I just don't want people to come in like, you know, Quinn, people have flown in Malka since before <laughs> Dragon Ball. So Boruto Astro Boy flies away. Yeah. Uh, and uh, as he flies off, he continues 
communicating with Shikamaru through the telepathic link. And he's like, you know, you could have made it so that Mitsuki wouldn't have attacked us if you actually wanted to, to you know, talk, right? And Shikamaru points out, like, you know, everyone in the village wants to capture you, okay? And it's not like I could stop him because if I did, it would look really weird if I did that. The board's like, all right, what are you trying to do? And Shikamaru says, look, there are things I can see and do because I'm Hokage right now. So I can't aid you openly, but there are things I can do to support you in my own way. And I want your help as well. No, listen to the whole thing. Listen, listen to the whole thing. Jesus, you're actually Uzumaki Boruto, aren't you? And Ino, of course, can hear this whole thing because she's the one providing the link. She's like, wait, what the fuck's going on? But Boruto doesn't doesn't reply. So Shikamaru keeps on going on like, look. I actually am like having trouble accepting that myself, but and it didn't even occur to me until Amado brought it up in that past chapter where Shigemaru was listening in on Amado, you know, like talking to to Samiri about stuff. And, and he's just like, I kind of realized that maybe my own memories were fabricated and it is kind of far-fetched, but things actually do make more sense if we were to flip your position with Kawaki's. So tell me the truth, Boruto. So Boruto lands uh, on the outskirts of Konoha, uh, and he's uh, like, "How? Hey, how far does the mind transfer thing reach? Is like about a hundred kilometers outside the village." Okay, well, I gotta go because there's a loose end I gotta tie up, and there's a snake hanging out on his around his waist, a snaky snake that's allowed Mitsuki to track him, and Mitsuki's coming bearing down on him, and he's Naruto running towards him. Uh, and uh, so they're gonna fight now. Yep. Look, as far as Boruto chapters go, I have less to complain about with this one than uh, most yep. times. So, yep. in that way, it's fine. I like that characters are finally starting to acknowledge that, like, hey, maybe this dumb thing we've done is uh, not making sense. Maybe I should question things a little bit more. And I honestly, I think that Mitsuki being loyal to Kawaki, but being like, I hate you in a way I don't feel like I'm supposed to hate the Hokage son is one of the more interesting relationships. It feels like there was, uh, that's like the only thing that's like interesting to happen of consequence of this time skip. Everyone else just feels like it's like, oh, my relationship is completely changed or not changed at all. Like his at least feels like it's a different development. Um, so that stuff's cool. Like I'm actually kind of excited to see this fight. Also, Mitsuki gets to do something in Boruto. Uh, this is crazy. This is easily the most interesting note that we have left off Boruto with in a long time. Mm -hmm. uh, there are still definitely intrinsic problems with the series uh, that... Uh, it doesn't feel like are ever going to get fixed. Uh, but look, if we have to get to a point of Boruto being fairly, fairly okay again, like it was several years ago, by flying in the face of everything that was set up in the past like year and a half, I'm totally fine with that. Uh, we, it doesn't matter if it's the most clumsy justification for abandoning all these terrible ideas if we just get to something good. So... Let's do it. Sure. Mm -hmm. I'll go. Chainsaw man. Hunters. Chainsaw man. Vroom, vroom. Chainsaw man. Hunters is the name of the chapter, which is chapter 153. Uh, so Denji had a 
a, a good time last time. He was having a great time being Chainsaw Man again. Cutting himself and other people open. Guts everywhere. Yay! Uh, but he gets up after having, you know, killed, I guess, the uh, other weapon devil people. And he's like, hey, yeah! Did you guys see that? I beat the bad guys! Ow! Blah, oh, blood coming out of my body. Ah, oh, oh, God, that hurts. Uh, Nayuta overreacts to what he said last time, which was maybe he didn't want to hang around with her anymore. And she's like, well, you don't want to be with me? She's very distressed now. Uh, also distressed are all the people who, you know, have seen all the mayhem unfolding over the past, you know, several hours. Uh, and they've got spears and uh, are looming over Denji now. And one guy with a megaphone says, Hey, this is a mass chainsaw head devil outbreak, so everyone evacuate the area and take shelter. And Denji says, Can I evacuate too? <laughs> Poor boy. So they're like, Oh, yeah, we gotta yeah, we gotta capture that chainsaw devil guy. And so one of them throws a net on him, which <laughs> I don't know what the, the guy thinks that's going to be. He's like, do. Got him! <laughs> I saved the day. Shit, I guess that was how a lot of scenes in, in uh, Conquest of the Longbow ended. Someone went through a We got him. Got him. <laughs> Did you ever watch that cartoon Sheep in the Big City? Vaguely, uh, yeah. There's one episode where, like, the the army that's trying to capture sheep, they, they, they run out of, like, budget and stuff. So their plan is just, like, to throw a blanket over sheep. And there's a moment where they, they, they throw it over him. And the narrator's like, oh, no, poor sheep. How is he going to get out of this one? He's just like, they're all sad with the, bang, with the blanket hanging over him. I've been there That's before. What this like. Yeah, sometimes sometimes I get a blanket thrown over me and I'm like, whatever happens, happens. I'm not, I, oh, well. yeah, what, what can I do? I've had a good run. Oh, God. So. This guy's uh, gonna be so happy with himself. You know, I mean, he dies. I'm pretty sure later. Yeah. <laughs> but like, if he got to go home to his family, he's like, "Honey, honey, you won't believe what happened. I saw Chainsaw Man, and I knew I had to stop." I'm like, "Oh, what did you do? I took a big net and I threw it on." I'm like, "Man, he's made of chainsaws. That doesn't seem like that would do much of anything." No, no, I grabbed the net and I tossed it on him. He was helpless. Like I get, I I feel like you didn't listen to me. It's called, he's made of chainsaws, honey. That's why he's called that. No, no, he was helpless, and then we started poking him with sticks. Poking him with sticks, pointy sticks. Yeah, yeah, yeah honey, I don't think you weren't there. You don't understand. These sticks, they were mad pointy. <laughs> the pointiest sticks you've ever seen. And this net had big, wide holes for us to do that. Just like, well, big, wide holes in the net feels like even more of a problem. It really feels like this net idea wasn't very good. How much did you spend on this net? It's like $400, $500 is a good net. <laughs> I wanted to make sure the net worked. And that's made of silk. Premium, genuine silk. <laughs> Just yeah. glides onto the person. Yes, also glides off of them, but it comes glides on and off real smooth. That's what Chainsaw Man said. He's like, it's a silk, and then he ripped straight out of it. But not not before we stabbed him with a couple sticks. I'll have him know. 
That's the great thing about it. It just glides off your target so you can take it off real easily to throw it at someone else. <laughs> I saw another chainsaw man the way home and I threw what was left of my net on them. <laughs> Honey, get those steaks out of the freezer and start to frost them. We're celebrating tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you something I made the the way the chainsaw man was acting I'll bet the net devil got real strong after that that's <laughs> like a hair net on the counter it's like yes you made me more powerful today <laughs> So I like, oh, I get it now. Ah, <laughs> uh, Fumiko co- comes in and, you know, she's like, that chainsaw man's safe. He's not our enemy. And everyone kind of looks around and they look at one of the people who was actually like watching when the chainsaw man attack happened. And she said, yeah, he was he was fighting other devils and eating them. But I don't know if we can trust him. And Denji, still very compliant, under the net, says, I'm on Team Humans, dudes! And uh, a scruffy-looking guy pokes him with a spear. And he says, your friends ain't my grandpa! (laughs) Ow! Poor Denji. Uh, And then they dump gasoline on him. And they're like, oh, somebody light him on fire! Somebody get a lighter! It's like, guys, this is not how you light someone on fire. <laughs> these guys these guys, these guys, have never killed anybody before. That's no. what we're discovering here. These are all first timers, but you know, they just, they just want to feel like they're part of the movement, that they're part of something. They are poking him with a spear, though, so that's uh-huh. good. Uh, so that keeps happening. Naita insists, like, that's the real chainsaw man, and then Scruffy Guy's like, that's all the more reason to kill him, because my wife might turn human again. Wait, what are you talking about? My wife, a chainsaw spouted from my wife's head. She turned into a devil. If we kill this guy, maybe the chainsaws on people's heads will go away. And Naito's like, there's no way that'd work. And Scruffy Guy backhands Naito away. So don't like him hitting a child. Uh, and now Denji actually does break out of the net. Oh, no, the net! <laughs> no! Buddy, you didn't see it. He was in that net for so... It was... One two, three, four, five panels per pages. Bang! Five pages! This is crazy. How do, you, do you think they're going to make a manga about me? <laughs> what? Maybe I'll end up being the net devil. <laughs> uh, so Denji slashes and he, he grazes the guy. Like, it's amazing how little this guy was injured by a chainsaw buzzing into his arm. Uh, and immediately they're like, he attacked a human, get him! So, uh, the guy with the lighter comes forward, and Denji cuts his hand off. Add it to the counter, everybody. Just got another one. Again, so, still that- not the last time we're gonna talk about someone getting an arm taken out nope. this week. Uh, they keep on poking him with spears, someone calls for another lighter, uh, and then they're like, you know, there's a fu- that building's on fire over there! <laughs> That's maybe uh, the best subtle humor I've seen in a manga recently. It is such a great joke. They're like, who has a lighter? Anyone have a lighter? Oh, wait. T- <laughs> this entire right house there. is on fire. <laughs> uh, the woman who 
had been witnessing everything. She grabs Nayuta, scoops her up. And she's like, oh, come on. It's dangerous here. And Nayuta says, no, let go. Chainsaw Man's my family. Aww. Uh, they keep up poking Denji with spears. And Nayuta uh, watches this happen. And then she looks up. And she sees, in some way, uh, Denji. Not Chainsaw Man. With his arms spread out. And she gets a look on her face. And then as they're poking Denji, suddenly the woman grabs the spear out of Scruffy Guy's hands and then karate chops him. <laughs> I do love that. That's 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 the way she goes to attack when she's mind controlled. She's like, Hawa! As Nayuta has used her control of abilities to help out Denji. And she says, run, Chainsaw Man. And uh, that's it. That's yeah. that's that's our chapter this week. So things are looking not so not so happy. Right look, I mean, it, I like that she is affirmed. My like greatest hope, my greatest fear was like this chapter was just going to be her being like, why don't you love me, big brother or whatever? Like, I was like, please don't let me have to read that. Uh, but mm-hmm. she is reminded of her love and wants to try to protect him. This might not go well for her, though, because now she's revealing that she has power. So this angry mob mm-hmm. could very easily suddenly turn all their aggression towards this child. Uh, and uh, it's it's scary. So uh, I'm hoping good things happen here and I don't have my heart broken. We'll see. All right, let's go through Kaiju number eight B-side. Chapter two, Buried Fire. Uh, so Hoshida has volunteered to come along on a kaiju extermination mission because uh, he was meeting with uh, Ashido and uh, Ashiro and uh, something came up. So uh, he is uh, reading a little book while they're on their way. And the platoon leader, uh, Arida, Eb- Ebina, rather, is like, what the hell are you doing? It's like, oh, sorry. It's uh, I'll put it away if it bothers you. It's it's a little routine of mine. A routine? Those are important. Make sure you do it right. <laughs> I, I do like that. Uh, huh? Well, those are very uh, significant to your life. So make sure you you give it due justice. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. Uh, he obviously is aware of the Hoshina family reputation, and he's like, look, I understand that, like, you know, you, you've got your you're very skilled with your with the blade, but times have changed. And Hoshina just thinks to himself, like, yeah, yeah I know. I'm like, I'm not going to butt in on anything. I'm just going to do what I can. Uh, and But he, of course, thinks to himself, like, which means cutting down kaiju, because that is proof of my existence on the battlefield. So they arrive at the scene. Uh, talk about how there are these weird lizard-type kaiju that are emerging from the mountain region. So they say, all right, we got to exterminate them all. Everyone breaks and uh, they start heading to where there are a set that have been detected, a group of four on the tracks. And uh, they are very lizard like. These are like freaking iguana kaiju, yeah. it looks like. I, I just uh, keep, kept seeing screenshots of this chapter uh, and kept assuming that I was like, is there a chapter where they just fight big lizards? <laughs> is that what this uh, prequel series is about? But I guess those are technically kaiju. Hmm. So they come in. Uh, Hoshina gets his blades ready, but the uh, uh, Abina—that's an interesting name. Abina orders all of the group to just fire. They open fire in a huge barrage, but one manages to get away, uh, and so Hoshina goes after it, and he's, he bounds across roofs, chasing at for it, uh, and it 
goes to chomp on him and he just does a very you know samurai style dash through it and cuts it down uh as he goes and ebina even, uh, rather the the lizard even like turns to look at him and hoshina just says yeah that did the trick and its head falls off <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he contacts Ebina to let him know that he's neutralized it. Ebina's like, all right, b- b- good job. Return to the squad. And Hoshina is like, yeah, I knew that the Hoshida power still works. Yes. But there's still gunfire going on. And he spots that in the distance there is a really, really big lizard kaiju. So he starts heading for it and knows, knows like, okay, this thing is like way bigger. Uh, but he engages, the thing shoots a blast of acid in a long arc uh, that manages to catch Hoshina in the shoulder and starts like melting off some of his body armor. Uh, but it's fortunately only a grazing blow. And he realizes, like, okay, this is bad because, like, you know, it's, it's close quarters combat that he has to engage in. And Ebina realizes, like, look, yeah, they use these this saliva of theirs to melt whatever they eat into mush and their range is 20 to 40 meters so it's bad magic for you uh but hoshina's like look even when i'm faced with projectiles they're still away and he darts through the alleyways and buildings manages to get to the creature's blind spot and it does turn to face him but he's already up in the air right beside his head and he's like it's too late you're in my range and he does a big air slicer attack but doesn't finish it off his blades can't cut all the way through the fat in its neck and now he's up in the air as the thing is taking aim at him with its acid saliva and he can't maneuver so he start gets ready to block with his swords but fortunately Ebina's unit arrives in the scene and they blast it with ice rounds to start to freeze its body and then nail it with regular rounds to shatter it and they kill it and rescue Hoshida's ass so Ebina calls over to him and says, "Like, all right, look, go check to see if there's any civilian stragglers. Uh, we've gotten good, you know, info on these things, and we and we know that there's like parents and children taking shelter somewhere nearby." Hoshina starts to object. He's like, "Look, I can still fight." And Ebina says, "Look, I've seen what you're capable of. You did a great job, but you're not suited for facing these kaiju. We need the right people for the right job. So if you find a yoju, inform us." And so Hoshina, you know walks off and lets them get ready to handle it. And he thinks to himself, I've lived with the sword this whole time. If you take the blade away from me, what in the hell will be left? And uh, as he thinks that, oh, big old kaiju showed up. Hmm. Is he going to follow orders or is he going to not? Oh, well, boy. That's the same one from original or the ba- the one he first saw when they showed up, right? Is it? I thought there's... Hold on. I just closed that tab. Uh... There's like a big one he sees at some point. Maybe I just saw this panel twice and I'm dumb. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just done. I guess he just sees an even bigger one. Yeah, never mind. Ignore me, Nick. Ignore me. I'm dumb. Okay. So, yeah, that's it for for that chapter. It's, you know, it's showing definitely a young, immature Hoshina as he admitted uh, prior to us going to the flashback sequence. So we know that he survives, but uh, we don't know much else. <laughs> that so. would be wild. He dies in this. We're like, wait a minute. Who is you the died? <laughs> We're supposed to be following this series then. Um, yeah. Good stuff. Uh, we have to talk about Spy Family Mission 94, yeah. which really 
threw me for a loop. I really thought this was the start of a new murder mystery arc for this series. And then Quinn, you're like this chapter is perfect. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> well, how's that going to work when you have a character who can read minds of the character who's like a super efficient spy? And the answer is it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> so we uh we start off the chapter with Anya watching Bond Man. Bond Man is skiing in the episode that she's watching. And she's like, I want to do that too, Papa. And Lloyd says, yeah, we don't have time for that. She turns, looks at him, starts crying. And now they're going skiing. <laughs> Here they are. Uh, so they're, they're going skiing. You are comments. They're like, hey, she worked really hard on her exam. She deserves a little reward. Isn't that nice? Fortunately, uh, Anya is not very good at skiing because she is four and has never skied before. Yeah. Uh, no one no one taught her French fry pizza, French fry pizza. <laughs> exactly. So Lloyd's you know, trying to help her out. Uh, Yor has the opposite opposite problem, which is that she can't stop. Uh, and so she's like, how do I stop? And Lloyd says, like, you've got to, you know, point your skis perpendicular to the scope, to the slope, lean in toward the mountain. And she tries to do that, but she instead ends up slipping and flipping over backwards. But then she, like, bounces off a tree, does a perfect landing after doing a, a quadruple upside down axle. And, uh, Anya thinks that this is great. And Lloyd's flabbergasted. And so she has to say, oh, uh, there was a gymnastics teacher that i grew up with <laughs> i love that she's doing it as she's still trying to recover from everything and then she just falls <laughs> yep uh so anya doesn't have a good time for a while because she keeps on falling and she's like skiing's not fun i want to go <laughs> great little kid moment and she's like i can't swoosh also there's no evil doers to fight like bonnet <laughs> uh but bond comes up He's carrying a little sled with him. He's pulling it, and Anya gets in the sled, and she goes sledding with him. Yay! And and she gets to go up and down the mountain with Lloyd. They go they go along together. Yor still can't control her skis. She's going off in her own direction. Uh, but a good time is had by all. Yeah. But then a blizzard blows in, and uh, they can't get back home because the roads are closed. So they've got to shelter down somewhere for the night. Fortunately, oh, there's a there's a, there's a there's an inn nearby. There's one room available, one vacancy for them. So uh, they go in and they're like, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll get a room. P- poor innocent Yor. She's she's really, really flustered over just the idea of sharing a room with, with Lloyd. Uh, so that's a little bit stressing for her. Yeah, this is uh, this is the new there was only one bed. Uh, there's only one room. There's only one room. She's just like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh dear is there not a second hotel i can stay at i can't believe we're gonna sleep <laughs> at the same hotel <laughs> so we are introduced to our side cast our core group of suspects for this case it's so, so funny it's, i didn't pay enough attention to their names because i was just going through <laughs> uh so it's a group of college kids who are here to, to ski max slacker a drama queen <laughs> Short on credits, which is an, um, short on what is uh, yeah, the classic short on family. You've known about them, Nick. We've we've seen them in the news for a while. And uh, the one senior of the group, Nita Jobsoon, which yeah. is a great name. Uh, and then we've got the uh, the hosts of, of the lodge, Roger Hostman and Spolissa Hostman. No, and it's Spousa Hostman. Spousa, sorry. Yeah, Spousa, she's the spouse. Spousa Hostman. <laughs> yeah, Spousa Hostman. <laughs> uh, 
and a lodge employee porter part-timer. <laughs> this is there's a, a Spider-Verse or something like that where this is what Peter Parker's porter name part-timer. is. <laughs> Uh, and then two more guests, uh, the hack, the tabloid writer, hack scriver, and the avid skier, guy loves to ski. <laughs> I really did not pay enough attention to this chapter because like I was just going through, I was like, I'll get the details later. And then at the moment I looked at the names, it's like, I should have known what this chapter was going to be <laughs> from the names. Uh, and they start talking about the 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 hash slinging slasher of this of this chapter a monster who emerges during blizzards and murders the townsfolk one by one the red snowman because he's covered with blood splatter from his victims and uh hack scriver is a little bit drunk right now so he turns to to look at the family he's like his favorite targets are apparently noisy kids who stay up past dark uh, and they're like, oh, don't scare the child. And Nani, of course, just looks to your lawyer and is like, let's go look for the red snowman. <laughs> yeah, let's find the murder guy. <laughs> uh, so everyone, you know, kind of like starts breaking and going to different parts of, of the of the uh, of the lodge. Uh, Spousa says, be sure to come back in an hour because I'll be serving one of our famous cakes. And Nanya says, cake! Because <laughs> <laughs> she knows what her priorities are. Yep. Good girl. Uh, they get to the room. It's a pretty spacious room, uh, honestly, because yeah. it's like a full double room and there's like a lounge chair and a sofa. And Lloyd says like, OK, well, I'll, I'll, I'll sleep on the sofa. You're you and Anya can, can take the beds. OK. And you are like, oh, my God, sleeping in the same room as Lloyd. I have to go cool off in the blizzard. <laughs> turns, gets a full like Sonny the Hedgehog running yeah. <laughs> with her legs uh-huh. going. Um, and, uh, Lloyd says like, okay, I'm, I'm going to step out too. So you stay here until it's cake time. Cause he's like, I want to, you know, like just go out if we need to have any like escape routes and stuff, because he's the consummate paranoid professional. But Anya says, if you're going exploring, I want to come too. And <laughs> this might be my favorite part of the chapter is just the follow-up panel of Anya going off down the hall going, yay. <laughs> yay. I do want to note that we're already past nine o'clock. So we want to. We'll keep going. Yeah. We'll get we'll get it going. Uh, it's cake time. Uh, however, they realize that Max uh, is missing after we've just gotten a glimpse of a demented person, a shadowy person who's got a, a sharp thing. Uh, and so everyone goes looking for Max. And when they find him, gasp, his body is on the ground covered in blood with the weird sharp object sticking out of his back. Oh, my God. But Lloyd realizes, like, wait, he's not dead. He's still breathing. So he he starts, you know, ordering people to get him some supplies so he can do an emergency surgery. And they're like, oh, who who are you? So, oh, I'm a doctor. I'm Lloyd Doctorman. They're like, that's a normal name for our community. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, They're like, well, but who did this? It's him. The Red Snowman. The murder weapon or attempted murder weapon is a frozen carrot. (laughs) Yeah, that's how frozen carrots work. You can stab straight through people's bodies with them. Uh, ominous narration proclaims this first attack was but a tragic prologue to far greater horrors. No, it wasn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, turns out that Lloyd was able to save the, uh, the kid's life. Uh, and then the lodge owner comes by and says, oh, my God, someone has cut off phone line. Oh, my God, who would do such a thing? Everyone calm down. And Lloyd says, you know, I can repair the phone lines. Uh, and if not, I could make a wireless radio out of household materials. 
who are you? He's like, oh, I had a part-time job repairing electronics in my college days. <laughs> so he fixes the phone line, contacts the police. The law driver says, however, oh, they won't be able to be here until morning because of, 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 the, of the storm. Uh, but what if the killer is still here? And Lloyd says, yeah, the, the killer is not a stranger. I, I did a full sweep of the property, and there were no signs of any infiltration. Uh, and there's no way that you could reach the, the phone line without coming inside. No one would have spotted them because we were all here. There were lots of witnesses in the lobby. And no one's seen anyone doing anything suspicious. Uh, one of the college girls, however, is like, the red snowman flew in from the sky and attacked us. <laughs> so didn't listen to any of that. Lloyd pr- keeps on pressing the point of like, the attacker wasn't a snowman. It wasn't an outsider. The would-be killer is one of us. Dun, 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 dun. Yora shown as one of the potential killers because, of course, she was missing during the murder. A gasp. Uh, and, of course, she's like, it was, uh, uh, Lloyd, I swear that it probably wasn't me. <laughs> uh, but they still say, like, she wasn't in the lobby and stuff. And she's like, no, no, I was out front. And she thinks to herself, I never kill people outside of work, which is a great justification for it. Yeah. Just to say uh, that part out loud, but. Yep. Yeah, uh, um, one of them. The uh, hack writer tries to uh, t- get them to tie your up. And I do like that Lloyd like grabs his hand and is like crushing his wrist. And he's like, no, I will find the real culprit and prove their worth. The lodge owner gets an evil look on his face and thinks to himself, no one so much as suspects it was me. Same panel. Anya can read his mind and turns to look at him. He's the bad guy. So uh, he starts recapping his plan, which is he just doesn't like the ski club. <laughs> he thinks that they're annoying. So he was going to kill them all for some reason. Uh, and uh, so Bond is there, too. So sees the future, sees when the next murders will take place. Anya reads his mind, sees a clock on the wall and knows where it's going to happen. And she says, hey, Papa, let's go explore around the kitchen's back door. At 11 tonight. <laughs> and we just get a brief montage that afterward, partially because of that, Lloyd happens upon the killer right before the attack, uses his intuition photographic memory to uncover the various tricks and dismantle his carefully crafted alibi without making it seem like he was, you know, causing any undue attention. And uh, the man survived the knife attack after nine in the hospital. So everything was okay. So, yeah, Anya and family are leaving for, for to go home. Yor says, oh, it was supposed to be your reward trip for working so hard. It got ruined. And, of course, Anya's like, it was like a real-life detective show. We caught the bad guy and everything. Best trip ever. <laughs> uh, hooray. <laughs> so, I love this chapter. Uh, it's amazing. It's very, very, very funny. And, uh, yeah, I got all hyped up like you did for like, oh, an awesome murder mystery thing. And then it was like, wait a minute, this won't work. And then the chapter's like, no, no, it wouldn't work. But here's why, what we're going to do instead. Funny it, joke. It, it is. It is very silly and it, it works uh, very well. So I, I do like it. Uh, it. It just threw me off. I was like, ah, finally, we're about to start the new arc in, in Spy Family. And I was like, no, you're not. This makes a lot more sense. There are way too many people here who can have who have special powers. Yep. So great stuff. All right, Nick, let us talk about... Technically, we're trying to talk about two chapters of Eden Zero, but we're running yes. low on time, so I'm basically just going to sum up the last chapter and the current chapter of uh, Eden Zero, chapter 272, Mother. So last chapter... Mother. Uh, yeah, Wolf Mother, as uh, <laughs> was noted. Uh, spy fam... Or, uh, oh my gosh. Shiki and Rebecca ran up to Mother, and Mother was like, all right, 
Cheeky, you have a choice you have to make. <laughs> you can either save my life, guaranteeing the future of the cosmos, but all of your friends will die. <laughs> or I could save all of your friends, but I will die, dooming the existence of the galaxy. And the whole explanation is Shiki's like, I don't understand. I thought Universe Zero was supposed to be where good, like nobody died, basically. And she's like, that's how it is now. But like cosmic bullshit will just force those people to die. And as further established in this chapter, uh, the people who would die is kind of like everybody. Like, I know we immediately think of like Valkyrie and Witch and stuff like that. Um but Cheeky also died in one of the universes. Cheeky died in one of the loops. Rebecca has died in some of the loops. Yeah. yeah like so, all of them will die. Yeah. So the idea is that, oh, no, uh, these characters will die. So the option is save mother and make sure that there is a future or uh, save everyone who lived in those universes. But no one will know what what, what will happen. Then mother will die, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the situation. And Cheeky's just like. Okay, so what if I choose you? What happens? And Rebecca's immediately like, "No, no, you can't do this." All of our friends, and he's like, "I, I know, it's fine. I just want to know what would I have to do to save you?" And she's like, "Literally, just say those words. This is like a genie wish, my guy. That's Pretty all much. you have to do. The moment you will do it, I will reclaim my place, and I will supply the cosmos with all the ether, and everything will be great." And you know, it's like I know this is an easy ch- choice. Rebecca's like, we have to save our friends. Like, I don't want to do this to mother, but there's only one choice here. And, you know, uh, mother comes in and is just like, if you do that, I will cease to exist. And in the near near future, humankind will perish. All ether in the universe will dry up and even the machines will die. Uh, And Rebecca's like, what the fuck are you? Like, who are you to give us this choice? Like, why are you making Shiki suffer like this? And she's like... It is all according to our agreement 20,000 years ago. And she starts to like glow and there's a big beam in the distance and she teleports them. She's like, I think you all deserve to see what happened 20,000 years before now. Back when I was a planet. What? A planet known as Earth. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like literally she's like, when I was a planet. What? The planet Earth. Oh, okay. Oh, I get it. Mother Earth. Whoa. Uh, So we're back 20,000 years ago. uh, And Shiki and Rebecca, Pino and Happy are just like kind of floating in the sky above the city. And they're like, oh, hey, look, there's like soda bottles there with bottle caps. Like what are the relics? Oh, wow. What a cool detail of world building that definitely wasn't forgotten about. Wow, Hero, did you play Fallout before writing this? Wow. Okay. (laughs) Uh, And she's like, yes, I was once this beautiful, tranquil planet, but there were wars and destruction of nature. And before everyone realized that the planet was dying. Thank you. Love this. Uh, The air had been polluted. A mysterious disease appeared everywhere. Disasters were striking. Yeah. All of this is uh, very unfortunate. But she's like, there were a few who tried to save it, like an American physicist and a girl from Japan. (laughs) I just like that there's nothing so far offered for Hermit. She just happens to be also one of the people most uh, significant to all of this. Uh, and yes. She... The four professions of, of manga. Physicist, lawyer, 
sick, sick person <laughs> and student. Uh, yeah, but of course, Shiki and them are like, oh, wait, that's Herman and Valkyrie. What are they doing 20,000 years? It's just like, hmm, what you see is who they were when they were human. And yeah, also Regret and Ivory were also there. Whoa, witch and sister. And Rebecca's like, wait, is sister sick? Like, yes, this mysterious disease. Uh, so, all right. Uh, they also note that Cooper was his doctor, or was her doctor, and that Cooper uh, was the one who attempted to cure her using this new ether therapy treatment. That trial would ultimately change my destiny forever. Yeah, so uh, the big reveal is that the planet that they were on a long time ago was Earth. But Which I not, assumed everyone kind of I mean, figured. Like, Yeah, everyone doing very Earth-like things. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you know, with all the buildings and everything. Yeah. If anything, it feels like all those end of chapter teases of the flashback that we were getting before just kind of dulled the impact of this uh, and seem inc- even more pointless now because it feels like they would have been better if you just hadn't gotten those glimpses of what was going. We were going to see seemingly in greater detail here. Uh, also, very small detail. It's really weird that they clarify that Mio is is an American and Yuna uh, Mio is Japanese and Yuna is not because Yuna is a very Japanese name. So it's just an odd de- an odd decision there. I mean, like, look, I'm not going to say that I see all sorts of people who are in regret either. But oh, you don't you don't have a couple of regrets in your life? Uh, I have to call all my regrets by middle names because there's too many of them. I was like regret, and then like four of my friends looked at me, and I was like, oh, right, I forgot how common of a name this is. Uh, so I just call them regret one, two, three, and five. Yeah, no, I, I think I feel like I've, I've had too few to mention. So uh, I mean, it, it, this might be more of a northeastern name. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, but you have you haven't been uh, up here in the. Uh, in the sort of the DMV region, regret's a big name up here. Re- Regretville is what we call it. Yeah. Because of the- <laughs> and this was like, uh, this was sort of a Civil War thing. It was a big name for the Union soldiers, regret. <laughs> <They're> a- <laughs> the Union soldiers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, they were like, hey, uh, I have to name my child. What should I name them? You're like, you know, it's a good saint name, right? Saint Regret. <laughs> It's actually right above St. Anger as the best saints. <laughs> There's actually not a ton of competition between them. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, chapter bad. Moving on. <laughs> Pretty good. Let's talk about Cypher Academy, Nick. Chapter 56 of Cypher Academy, the final floor. Morgue floor. Uh, sorry, actually, the chapter title is not that. I just got distracted by the big old titles for the final floor, which is Morgue floor. The actual chapter title is Curse of War, and you must dig two graves. All right. Uh, Kagoe gets up and leaves the peanut gallery. At Haven't the start we gotten of this that chapter. one before? I feel like in. Hold on, I'm gonna have to go and look at this. Carry on. Go look at the list. Uh, Kagoe walks off because she's like, I mean, I've got you know my two allies are the ones in this. So I don't really care. Uh, and so, you know, th- she leaves. And her last note while this is going on is just to confirm what someone's like, but you're just fine with this. You're just like, yes, I am. Okay. So uh, they're walking down th- a hallway that is just made of skulls and bones, just all sorts of corpses. 
and uh, Toshisai uh, says, if we fail to break codes, many of our allies will die. Conversely, many enemy soldiers will die if we do break them. If you're going to become the emperor, you need to be aware of that. We won't be declared innocent just because we're on the home front. Uh, and uh, she sits down at a table with Yoroha, and she says, I'd like to settle things between us, and not just because we're surrounded by skeletons. Introductory crosswords. Completely wrong intro wars. So going all the way back to when uh, they had to write these crossword introductions from the first lesson uh, in class. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tochisai declares the rules are that they're going to be writing the other person's introductions instead of their own. It'll be a test of our encoding power and our ability to gather intel outside of wartime. Uh, so they established that, and Tochisai also says, like, yeah, you know, thinking back to the first time we met, this is the most fitting last game for us. Because, of course, she challenged Hiroha to get that from her. And Hiroha's like, oh, she's still not over that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but before they actually throw down, she does hand over the information that Omomuro had gathered that uh, she wanted passed on. Uh, and he says, like, yeah, I did think about betting on the outcome of the game, but I changed my mind. Uh, oh, there's only one thing I want to put online in the battle against you. I'm betting my pride on this. And he ties his hair up, and we get this very cool, uh, bizarre angle of the two of them uh, getting set for their battle. It's, it looks like it's upside down yeah. because of the angle that it's at. Uh, so everyone who had has logged out, they've joined uh, the peanut gallery to to watch. So everyone is viewing this final showdown to determine the code emperor. And uh, Omomoro and and you got to are you know start you know talking about like hey this is you know going to be a key, the the big thing here is going to see how much you can ch- you change from the answers that they did earlier this year and they both changed since then we get a cool big spread of the two of them writing out uh, their answers while thinking about the times that they've shared together their memories together yeah I, I love each the, other. I love this montage it's very nice. And Toshisai lays her crossword down, says that she's done, uh, and we get, uh, you know, a, a look at uh, her answers, which are like, you know, hey, you know, favorite relationship, and she's written down Enchan and Iro Iro, because, hey, that's something that's changed. Iro has got a new best friend slash more. I don't know. But, uh, you know, and there's, and she's also written down, like, you know, cheerleading uh, for one of them and and stuff, and uh, they do know that she left one answer the exact same, uh, which is kind of like a sign like, oh, yeah, she she actually is so confident in herself. She didn't even bother changing one of the answers. Uh, so Iroha looks over it and he says, like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you've gotten to know this much about me. Uh, hey, would you mind looking at mine, too? And Toshisai looks it over and she is immediately stunned because what he has written down is a cipher answer he has it's a very like simple one he's just moved all of the syllables a single step up Mm -hmm. uh in the line which is translated as in english moving one letter up in the alphabet um so like you know he's written down like you know uh commenting on like you know her sister that we have learned about uh her favorite relationship 
which is uh, I I, bought, I actually bothered to to translate some of these because wow. it's a very simple one. It's one letter up. It's very straightforward. One of them is like is camaraderie, uh, which is, is sums her up very nicely. Um, but the point, of, the main point of it, because everyone's like, wait, what the hell is that? And uh, our ninja girl says Caesar, as in the emperor's code, the Caesar cipher. And Hiro's like, yeah, I had her teach me how to use it on the way here. And I only slid everything up one letter. Uh, and Tosh says, why? And Hiroha says, well, because I respect you and I think you're one rank above me, as in one letter grade up, essentially. Mm-hmm. But Tosh says, why did you encode your answers? Because no one has done that while doing the, the introductory crosswords. They've just all just like written out crosswords that spell out their names. Uh, and Hiroha says, look, I had to write the introduction of the inner workings of a friend sometime, so I had to obfuscate it. Uh, and that kind of made me trail down. And he clearly seems like he is putting himself down during this whole thing. And it seems like he's going to concede, but Tojusai beats him to it. And she says, you win. I win in terms of resignation speed, though, <laughs> which is hilarious. Yeah. And it, and everyone's like, I don't get it. Like all the cheat, all that he did was just like this really simple cipher. But no, he may says, no, he answered a code with a code. This belief is revolutionary for the Digital Cipher Academy, for the whole academy itself. And Toshisai says to Roha, "You didn't use a code to hide some plot. You didn't use it to cover up a falsity, but rather to protect the truth. How surprising." And in flawlessly presenting a puzzle and answering it, I did nothing but earn myself the title of skilled soldier. And Miraz starts to object, like, no, you're amazing. I just wanted to protect my friend. But Toshisai says, mm-hmm. I called you an enemy, and you still said I'm your friend. That's more than enough to declare you the victor. She looks so fucking happy, too. She smiles. Aww. Really nice, genuine smile. And she calls him Irorin. She gives him a little pet name like she's like her other friends have for yeah. her. It's so cute. So, and she logs out, and that's it. Iroha has declared the winner. He has explored the entire metaverse and comes across this digital treasure trove. Yeah, morgue, 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 morgue. Nick, we finally got to the morgue. Oh, the 50 billion morgue. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, Koisa uh, shows up. She's like, so... I didn't really account for like adjustments and how much things are worth. It turns out the 50 billion morgue is actually closer to uh, 200,000 morgue, but it's going to shoot right back up. You don't understand. You more, more people are getting on board with the crypto. Hold on to it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we need to encode a couple more puzzles for the blockchain, though. We need to mint uh, a couple more frogs, smoking blunts, and uh, then the value of this is going to skyrocket. Where's everyone going? This is a great, like, it feels like a nice microcosm and finale of the series as a whole of, like, starting off with, like, puzzles that are weird and everything, and then gradually coming to learn, wait a minute, the series isn't really about puzzles, it's about friendship. It's about the <laughs> friends we make solving puzzles. And it's very sweet, yeah. so I loved it. Very, very sweet. Uh, I can't wait to see the next uh, major saga of uh, mm-hmm. Cypher Academy that's surely yeah. coming up. Yeah. Green, green, greens, chapter seven to the next. 
Uh, we see someone d uh, disembarking from a They're plane. fancy. They have a suit just like me. Well, they have a vest. Yeah. I have a vest. Wear, wearing a vest. Uh, and also a newsboy cap. Mm -hmm. uh, I should have the... a newsboy cap. Mm. Haku and Chikara have just finished up their match because Haku had a huge breakthrough with his drive, discovered the key of swiveling uh, his his torso and stuff. And so he, he you know, reflects back on it, realizes, like, oh, man, it was weird. I kind of, like, blocked out everything except just the ball during that moment. Maybe I like competing a bit more than I thought. And he also realized, like, I got better because I did this. Yeah. Uh, because I was pushed to win. This must be what Oga was telling me about before. Uh, then uh, Chikra, like, turns to face him, and he's got tears streaming down from his eyes. And he's like, farewell, Yesaki. Oga is all yours. Oh, right. That's what we were competing over, right? Yeah. <laughs> So he tries to stop him, but Chikara's like, no, a man never goes back on his word. And Oga <laughs> says to him when he goes to say goodbye to her, like, what, really? Why are you considering leaving? There are some fights a man can't run away from. And Oga says, like, I mean, okay, I mean, like, it's going to be hard to pick up after with you not being here because you're a shift. And immediately Chikara, like, goes into, like, shoujo vision mode. Oh, it'll be, <laughs> it'll so be so hard if you leave. Yeah. And, and immediately he's like, I'm here for you! <laughs> Flips on the guy immediately. So he, like, apologizes to Haku. Like, I'm sorry I can't honor the terms of our deal. And Haku's like, it's fine. I'd be bummed if you left. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's like, dude, you're actually kind of cool when you're not being a weird <laughs> horned dog. Uh... Haku immediately starts to get kind of full of himself. He starts getting that Tengu nose. Like, I'm getting pretty good, aren't I? <laughs> um, but now he realizes, like, I need to, like, you know, go to the next step. I don't know what that is. Uh, so he is told, like, maybe you should try doing the newcomers tournament, which is happening next week. You should join up for that. Uh, we are we cut ahead to some time later. Introduced to another worker at, at uh, the driving range, Kome Toto, who is the only other female employee that we've met so far. Uh, she's hanging out with Oga for a bit, sees that, uh, and uh, we see that Haku is still practicing. He's practicing putting, though, and it's not working out so great for him. Uh, and uh, he's like, oh, he... He gives us one of those, like, oh, right, this is a shonen sports manga moment of, like, here's the things you bring to a golf course. Yeah. Also, when you're golfing, you can use whatever club you want, except when you're on the green. And then you use a putter. Like, yes. Yep. We got it. That's all correct. We all have to explain the rules. Now, do you know that formally for a fact? Because I, I, I just assume, based off what I've done in Mario Golf. <laughs> And I'll be honest, most of the other rules aren't applying it. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, they haven't mentioned if you could bring Yoshis or not. Uh, uh, fire. Use, uh, how many super shots do you get? Uh, per uh, I was going to say, no one's used power shots or uh, uh, strength mushrooms or anything. Yep. Um, <laughs> I love this bit because Haku goes to, to someone for advice on how to put, and he goes to Chikara. Because he's like, hey, you know, he, he owes me a favor now because I didn't force him to leave. And so he's like, hey, how do I putt straight? Listen, it's all about conveying your feelings. You just need to will it to happen. Apply a hard, firm stroke and it'll slide. It'll go right in the hole. Just just feel where you want the ball to go. 
uh, not going so great. And <laughs> Kome comments like, why did he go to Shikara for help? <laughs> Uh, and she establishes that the best putter that they have there is Oga. Uh, and she's like, why didn't you teach him? And Oga's like, nah. He's like, well, okay. He's like, no, 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 I, I can't teach him. Uh, so Haku keeps on practicing, looks over and sees that Oga is putting at a different area and she is having way better luck. Like Every she does, shot like, is in the hole, basically. It, it's overflowing. She's nailed so many shots in a row doesn't even bother empty out the hole just but makes it uh and Haka's like how are you doing that are you like are you holding your club like this or and she just says i just hit it until it became natural you have to strike the ball perfectly every time when you putt your senses are important trimming your nails can make a difference if you just copy someone else's style it won't work you got to find on your own what to do and that's what makes it interesting when it comes to putting. Uh, and uh, it's a weird moment because it's like, this is going to be a little bit weird for me to say, but when in this moment, I, I'm like, I get what Chikara likes her. It's like, can you, can you imagine like working when you're a kid at, at a range and you be someone like just this cool and yeah. together and stuff, you'd be like, I like them. <laughs> so, uh, and Haku is getting that way too, but in a much less like romantic sense. He's like, I don't really get anything about her, but she's she's amazing. I don't know anything about her scores or achievements. I don't even know what makes a golfer great, but I can just tell because all the effort she puts in, all the comments she has, that you know she shines so bright it hurts. And I'm sure that one day she's gonna leave us far behind. And before she does, I'd like to play a round of golf against her. Oh, that's yeah. nice. But Newsboy shows up, uh, striking like a full at ease army stance yeah. when he does. <laughs> gonna join Imperium, uh, so he's he's here to see Oga. Approaches her, gets down on one knee and kisses her hand. And uh, everyone is shocked by this, but he declares, "I, Oliver Shiramide, have come to fetch you." And Oga's got a great reaction, which is to just grab him by the cheek and be like, "What the hell are you doing?" <laughs> no sells it um so apparently they seem to go back uh, a bit but no one knows their the nature of their relationship but he says like look uh in a few years uh there's you know we're it's been a few years so proper greens are in order and i've come with good news the the united states is the land of cutting edge golf innovation that's what we're known for yep. cutting edge golf innovation uh-huh nothing else and he says that there is one particular don't, don't college. Look, don't look into history books. Get off of Wikipedia. What are you doing? We're known for golf and nothing else. Please stop. Golf. I beg of you. Uh, and there is one particular college where Ishield 21 attends. Uh, St. <laughs> Beyond College. Ishield 21 special chapter coming next week, baby. So, uh, and he says, like, they've got state-of-the-art facilities, great coaches. Uh, and he says, this is from my, mo- my mother. Now, does she go? It's an, an invitation to attend as a scholarship student and everyone's like oh oh my god uh and of course haku's just had the thought of like oh i'd like to have a game of golf with her someday apparently she's leaving already what yeah i mean this is this is gonna be very interesting to see where this develops it would be crazy to think that uh uh haku won't also somehow find his way to this school 
uh, or something like that. Uh, I don't know if this is like, hey, the series is getting ranked soon. Let's like put forward like a new concept or something like that. Um, I don't know. We shall see. But uh, this is very cool. I love that we're showing putting. And I love that after just kind of establishing a thing that they were like, well, gender will be the barrier that always prevents you from ever achieving. Like, Oka will never be able to nail a 300 yard shot like I did. Um he doesn't need to. Showing something like this to show that she's <laughs> just a, an absolute master at putting is something I'm like very appreciative to get. Yeah, uh, it's it's great that we're also getting this very shonen thing of like, hey, people can have different specialties when it comes to this sport. You can be great at driving, you can be great right at putting. Maybe we'll get to someone eventually who's like, you know, get really good at using a sand wedge or something like that. You know, different ways of making it people feel interesting and cool. Uh, new sexist time chapter 34 the rescue plan uh so uh gakuro has made up his mind that they're gonna save suo and and and, and shiroha and so shitatsu says like well how are we gonna do that we're going to find them with mr karasu tegu's powers and sneak in it just like but well, that's your plan that's a stupid plan and uh, she does something to attack him, but um, it's covered up by uh, him going gah, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, but uh, Now, Nick, you know what would be really funny? What? Is if, like, we just talked about how uh, the, the level three there is the one that killed their parents, and What's-Her-Face is going to be really angry about it, and then we just jump to the next chapter. It's kind of what happens. <laughs> Honestly, pages and pages go by, and all that it really establishes is this continued like sister fetish that this series has, like because yeah, they, a lot they of, have like, to get you, close to you. You have to hold hands. You have to be together. It's... I haven't activated the invisibility yet, so it's pointless for you to be doing that right now. But blah. and then the creepy monster shows up, and it's saying "Daddy," presumably because uh, its last words were, uh, you know. It's re- is echoing the last words that it heard before it killed their dad. Killed our dad! <laughs> uh, and um, Shitatsu, you know, is like, yeah, I became an exorcist to get revenge for my dead dad. Yep. My dad, she was dad! There. They both do it now. She, <laughs> she was I don't even know there. if it was... A, I don't even know if it was established that she was also there when it killed their dad, but uh, she was. Uh-huh. Uh and so uh, she gets really, really, really angry. One of her eyes goes pure bloodshot and she leaves the invisibility to punch the thing right in the fucking face. And she goes, I'll freaking kill you. And hey, if we could just have a character just do this sometimes, that would markedly improve this series. Just have someone want to kill stuff. Cool. Yeah, I, All right. I, 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 I'm uh, intentionally kind of pushing us forward, but this is one of the better chapters because it's like, hey, let's let's do essentially what we did for uh, uh, Shiroha, but for uh, Shotatsu here and like just get some development for the character and do some cool like action stuff. Uh, then we're probably significantly less stupid than we normally would be. Yep. Chapter 16 of two on ice is called baptism. And uh, so they've. Uh, They've just met uh, the rival of the series. Well, Hayuma has just met the rival of the series. Of course, you know, Doc, Doc, uh, Tora is freaking childhood friends slash traumatizers with Kisara. Uh, so they introduce each other 
And now uh, he, he like explains his whole backstory because Tora demands to hear it. And then he's like, it's weird. Um, and uh, Kisara's like, hey, he's he's good. He landed a triple axle in his first competition. And Tora's like, that's impressive. <laughs> Hayuma, before I answer your question about my muscles and how I do quad axles with them, I have a question for you. Are you aware you've been blessed with talent? And there's an interesting moment here because Hayuma answers, I am. But we get the context in a brief flash before that to explain why he answers that way, which yeah. is he has had it point out to him multiple times. Yes. So that's why he knows. It's not an arrogance thing. He's been told this. And he says, so anyway, Tora says, I don't understand why you would choose to do pairs. If you're interested in quad axles, a triple should suffice in pairs. I don't have the time to explain things to people who don't understand. And Hayim is like, hey, don't look down on pairs. Kisara turned to me and, and wanted to do it with me. And I want to do a side-by-side -side triple axle with her. And, Tor and Tora's like, oh, this fool. He is ignorant and dim-witted. To put it nicely, you could call him innocent. While I fought for him by myself, these two never lost their sparkle. Uh, and then he beckons Hayima over and says, you both must think you are pure and innocent and that this makes you beautiful. It's sickening. And he takes Ayuma by the arm and says, do you think superficial beauty is enough to challenge me? Maybe you won't get it until you face something frightening. Shudder-inducing beauty comes from ugly, revolting feelings. This guy is crazy. Cool. <laughs> I love how fucking weird and religious... It, like, this dude is so fucking extra and, like, over the top. I feel like this is the only antagonist we're ever going to meet in this series, and I'm I'm so glad it's this guy. He asks Sayuma while this close to him, Do you have someone you detest from the depths of your soul? And uh, Hayuma grabs his hand. Uh, not Hayuma. Kisara grabs his hand and is like, I don't know what you're trying to do. But stop teaching my partner disgusting things. <laughs> stop being such a fucking weirdo. What are you doing? He asked you how you like work out and land a quadruple axle, and you're like, beauty is ugly. It shall destroy you. You <laughs> started going in a fucking Star Wars villain speech. <laughs> you're like, you don't understand. Power breaks our chains. Only then can we be free. Uh, God. Kisara establishes that she's heard that Sora is doing pairs as well. Uh, and then he just, like, gets up and then leaves. It's like, you're losing your practice time because you're too focused on me. And he walks off and he was like, what the hell? Who, wh what was with that guy? Uh, so, yeah, they, they say, like, you know, he's always been kind of, like, weird, I guess. Uh, Sora leaves. He runs into his manager, the plainest man in the world. Uh, <laughs> it makes sense. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. If I was trying to like look good, I wouldn't want to be surrounded by this guy all, at all right. times. I would definitely so, make myself as mousy as possible. Mousish. Mousish. Yep. Mousish. Nick, why does that word sound so wrong? Mousish. I feel like I just unlocked a code, like a, somewhere a book just opened that was never supposed <laughs> to open. <laughs> Uh, so they talk for a little bit, and then all of a sudden, while he's thinking about what he's just gotten into, Sora starts taking his his scarf off, and he's like, oh, it's hot here. And his manager's like, it's January. It's No, it's not. Uh, and he's just, like, thinking about 
Hayuma and how hot he gets him. <laughs> like, it's just, he says, he doesn't know anything. He's pulled a girl out of what should have been her living hell. They can't stay innocent forever. I saw something absolutely sickening. Don't they feel shame for flaunting their naked hearts? They act as though they're Adam and Eve. So I need to be their teacher. The ice isn't Eden where they could be innocent forever. And his manager says, I love this. What are you talking about? (laughs) I love this dude so much. He immediately is just like, they're like Adam and Eve unaware of the garden they're in. And I must be the snake that brings them knowledge. His manager's like, (laughs) What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Who are you talking I didn't, about? I didn't see the people you met. I have no acknowledgement what this conversation is even in reference to. Oh, God. Hayuma is very freaked out by this. It's like messing up As you practice. should be. If you met this human being, you would not be the same. You'd be like, Kisara, we need to get a restraining order now. Yeah, if this guy came up to me and I was like, wow, you're, you're in really good shape. What do you do to land quad axles? He like grabbed me by the shoulders and he's like, yo, innocent child, do you have no idea the biblical rage that fall upon you? You, your pillow of salt prepared to be dashed upon the walls of Sodom and Gomorrah. And I'm like, you're mixing like three Bible stories up right now, but I'm terrified. Only when you have gathered two of every animal will you understand. Stand! <laughs> you must do two of every skating move, and then you shall be cut upon the rock, as God has told his famous son to sacrifice you, Isaac. <laughs> what? God, you know what? I don't need to know how to do quad axle. You're good. Good! Now you know not to fly so close to the sun! I'm like, well, that's not even Jesus. That's Icarus. That's a different thing, dude. Part the seas and you just see! He's just screaming. He's spitting. He's like hanging out of a taxi cab. Still screaming at me as it drives away. They will cut your hair! They will cut your hair, Samson! Your powers will be gone! The Jezebel will find you! For I am she! <laughs> he's like, he's on an airplane recording himself. <laughs> oh my god. Bring your baby before me, King David! I shall split him in twain! Oh my god. Oh, okay. It's <laughs> just this guy's so fun. Oh man. Uh yeah, Hayuma doesn't really know what the hell is up with that guy, but he understands. I met someone with cold, unwarrantably twisted and intense spite. Unwarrantably twisted and intense spite is a great way of describing this <laughs> yeah. insane man. Uh and he's just like, "Oh my god, why am I sc- Oh God, I'm scared. And he's like, God, how can I say I'm scared? He's like smacking him in the face, trying to get a handle on himself. But Gisara says like, look, you're clearly out of it. It's dangerous for us to be doing lifts and everything while you're in this state. So we'll just, you know, like call it. But uh, Hayuma calls over to Natsia and says, hey, can you can I try doing the girl's part? Like, would you like 
can you pick me up and throw me and stuff? Because I think it must be scary to be the girl during pair moves. And I want to be able to fight fear with fear and overcome this. So put me through the experience that I'm putting Kisara through. But then they establish like, you shouldn't have done that because you've just suggested something dangerous and Natsu is really upset now. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, this is like a fun little charming end. He's like just trying to figure himself out and then proposes something kind of dumb. Uh, but what a great like further introduction to this character. I just I it's so wonderful. Uh, I wish all antagonists were as extra as this guy is. Um, oh. All right, let's talk about Elusive Samurai pretty quickly. Elusive yeah, Samurai. I legitimately don't even remember what happens. Yeah, I think he just checks in with a bunch of people. Mostly, That's mostly how things go. Chapter 141, Akiye's army. They make a comment on Date, the weird facial hair guy, that he's just kind of like a normal dude, and so he doesn't have much presence. And then he's like, don't say that I have no presence. Stop that. And that's kind of it. Uh, Nanbu uh, has done a really good job and uh, he basically slobbers all over Tokyuki's face by when he, while he's talking trash to him okay uh, and then Yuki uh, kills a man uh, heartlessly and slowly yeah. and kills him very meanly and Tokyuki's like I don't like that guy and then they make a joke about how uh, his eyes are just like perpetually rolled up because he has pupils, as established in this shot, so that must mean that they're usually rolled back, because he doesn't normally have pupils. Yeah, he's usually fucking undertaker in it. <laughs> Which yep. calls into question how he manages to do a lot of things, but I think, yes. you know, we're just gonna go all with it. Uh, Tokyuki also meets someone from the opposing army named Hachiro. I literally do not remember this guy before. Okay. Uh, and then... Uh, Is this the guy we... who's supposed to be um, what's his name? Son? I don't know. There's uh, uh, Ashikaga's son. I know that's somebody who I'm supposed to be keeping in my mind somewhere, but I, I don't remember which character is which, unfortunately. I don't I don't remember this guy. He didn't leave much of a mark. Anyway, so... Uh, uh, oh, I think this is the guy who sacrificed himself towards the end of the time skip. The son of the guy who sacrificed himself, rather. Mm. Anyway, uh, in Akiya's army, we also meet a new weird guy. Uh, he's very intense and serious looking, but he keeps on asking about when they're going to eat. Yep. Uh, but there's trouble because Gimba comes in reporting that they need to return to the main forest. And they're like, oh, did we win? No! we They're losing to an army of 40th the size because Toki Yurito is broken as shit. And uh, it's the big massive guy who has to ride on two horses. He has been killing their asses, it seems. So that's it. That's that's Elusive Samurai. It looked like everything was going well, but uh, not for Akiye's group. Okay. Yep. We've kind of understood this. Uh, so this was sort of a catch up, couple jokes, and then uh, that's pretty much it. So good stuff. Let's talk about Akane Banashi, though, because I don't know if you've heard, Nick, this is a major event. It's a major event, and it's a majorly cool color uh, page at, uh, at the start as well. It's very, I like the, uh, the palette that's used. Yeah. It's very, you know, we're it's very throwbacky. You know, we're down bad for a series when we're like, what a great color page. And the most dynamic thing happening is Akane is preparing to tie her hair back. (laughs) She's just figuring she's just getting herself into a ponytail. Yeah. Uh, It's, we start off by continuing the conversation between Shocho and Shigama regarding Shigama's art. And so, you know, Shigama says, well, what would you even do with that? And Shocho says, I mean, nothing really. I'm not the kind of guy who actually like gets curious about other people's pasts, but 
Tainoji is still dragging the memory of the expulsion with him. He blamed himself for what happened and bottled up that anger until it earned him the epithet the Furious. Now he's as harsh as a demon toward himself and others. So that's a nice wrinkle there that ties into Valda's reputation specifically because of uh, Akane's dad being expelled. Yes. Uh, also, interestingly, Chocho basically knows about Zencho telling Taizen to not promote Akane. Like, he doesn't know that that happened, but he's like, there is no question that he's going to mess with it because I know how his mind works and the kind of ego he's got, basically. And he says, when that happens, Akane's going to need someone in her corner. Uh, and he also brings up, like, look, I understand whatever your reasoning was at the time. You weren't able to protect Shinta back then. But things have changed. I have power now. And if even my friend's kid is going to suffer on account of this nonsense, I ain't going to take it lying down. And it's easily the most serious that he has looked uh, since his introduction. Very much so. Uh, So Shigama reflects on the promise that he made to Akane's mother to, you know, take, take care of her as her teacher. And he says, look, I don't need you to tell me the score. If it comes to it, I'll take matters into my own hands. Yeah, everyone's preparing to fucking come for Akane if shit gets real. I love it. Yeah. Uh, so then uh, they they, they kind of like lower the tension for a bit. Uh, and uh, Shigama says, hey, how does Akane seem to you? Do you think she's Futatsume material? And Chocha's like, I don't know. It's, that's up for Tainoji to decide. All I can do is set the scene and trust her to do the rest. And uh, we see... Akane uh, has come to meet up with Asagao uh, at their big performance because uh, she wants to try out this new version of Tanuki Dice using modern lingo instead of uh, old-timey stuff. Uh, and she says, like, yeah, I mean, like, put, putting it into my own words makes it seem not like Rakugo, then what's the point? Uh, and she's even performing it, like, while wearing just, like, a hoodie instead of a kimono and stuff, so it seems extra, like, modern and casual. So she launches into it. We skip over the performance so as not to spoil it for when the big performance comes. And she finishes it out. And uh, the others are kind of less, like, shocked. Uh, They don't really know what to say uh, beyond just, like, I mean, it seems okay. Uh, It sounds natural and stuff. And Akai says, like, I mean, you're being honest, right? It's like, yes. So she's like, okay, I guess that went over pretty well. Asagao then brings up, hey, so he's coming to the debut event, right? Your dad. So, okay. Uh, and uh, Akane, you know, apparently knows about this too, which I don't think was a thing that we had established before, that she was just aware that her dad was planning to be there. Um, and uh, she says, yeah, this is the first time he's coming to see one of my performances. So you're going to have to be ready for it, uh, says Asuka. And Akane's like, yeah, I'm going to steal the show from you. And she gets this big, you know, goofy look on her face yeah. and stuff and they start arguing like kids again she's, she's a silly little dork yeah, yeah. uh some flyers got start getting hand around at monthly rakugo it's our journalism friends they're back to comment on proceedings and uh bring up that there is like a massive feud boiling right now between the arakawa school and the rakugo federation uh, and things really got, they say the things really got happened because of that mass expulsion that Isho 
caused. It was a big enough scandal that like even the mainstream media covered it. Uh, and right now, Shigama is basically the mediator between the groups. Mm -hmm. But there is still, especially between the people at the tops of both uh, the Federation and the school, uh, a huge rift between them right now. And now, as a result of Vasco's promotion event, where both Chocho and Tizen are going to be performing, members of those opposing factions are going to be on the same performance. So it's a major event that's going to shake the world of Edo Rakugo to its core. Yes. And we just get a big final preparation uh, going in as Tizen's heading to the event, Asagao's heading there, Chocho's heading there, and of course Akane is on the, her, her way to Asagao Kanjakute's Futatsume debut performance. This is appropriately very exciting. There are so many stakes kind of going on right now, so many characters showing up. Uh, I love just how tense this entire situation feels. Like, it feels like there's so much going on. And I'm just super excited to get into this event and start digging into some of this drama. Yeah, um, it feels like something big is going to happen at this event. Mm -hmm. uh, but it also seems like there's so much going on that it's hard to predict what that big thing is going to be. Yes. Uh, I have no idea how this will go, but I imagine we all have a great time. But Nick, it is time to wrap up Weekly Manga Recap by talking about our last chapter of the week. This is One Piece, chapter 1104. Thank you, comma, Daddy. I can't say it naturally. Uh, I've never called my father Daddy. I feel like if I say that chapter title naturally, uh, my mind will go to a different place. It won't be good, so can't do okay. it. Okay. Uh, Hey, Sanji's there, and there are some little mice proposing to each this other. Is so cute, adorable, such a cute. It's great. I yeah. love it. Also, I don't know why the girl, the girl mouse has has like human hairstyle that the guy mouse doesn't. She's wearing like a wig. Regular mouse. That that's a mouse that loves wigs. Ah, great. great. Ma okay. Mouse size wigs specifically. Nice. Mice okay. size wigs. Uh, so last chapter ended with Kuma showing up and he is preparing to punch, uh, Satan Saturn in the face. And that is where we open back up. He is, his arm is back. He is preparing. We get a montage of all of the pain and suffering in Kuma's life that is directly attached to all of this, this bastard, all the pain that from people he loves, his father crying, Ginny crying. Also, also a little bit of couple moments of joy though yeah there there's a little joy but it's it's him thinking on all this pain and then we come back into the flashback or, or, or this montage to bonnie crying uh it closes with her as a baby crying it's now her crying and uh as this punch is happening in midair this these kuma's like really fucking storing this hold on a second yeah uh <laughs> St. Saturn is like, why is this happening, Vegapunk? He should be dead after the Revolutionary Army took Kuma away. I pressed the self-destruct switch. And uh, before we can get any reaction, we have one last panel. It is drawn so great. There's so much of a great sense of, like, movement and, like, prepared impact in this uh, shot as Kuma is great as teeth. And then we just get it. A two-page spread of Kuma fucking slugging saint saturn right in the face uh his face his arm is covered in hockey and it's glorious literally the chapter could have ended here and i would have been like <laughs> perfect yay no notes it's so good because he doesn't just punch him he sends him fucking flying this shot sends saturn across. Yeah. yeah 
This absolutely tears them up. Uh, all the Marines are reacting. This is crazy. Someone just punched at one of the five elders. They don't know that there's a person above the five elders. In their mind, this is one of the five strongest and most important people in the world. You cannot do this. A slave, nonetheless, is doing it. This is, in their own words, a historical atrocity. Uh, but with Saturn gone, our heroes are able to move a little bit. And Vegapunk is very shocked. He's like, I did not attach any self-destruct switch. I understood that if I did that, they would just use you as a suicide weapon. But I upheld the condition about the total shutdown switch. You should be in a vegetate of state right now. But you are here, you're acting with your own will, you're even carrying out orders. There is no reason that you should have sprung into action. So is this true? Is it not the physical strengths of the Buccaneers that make them remarkable? For at one point in time, and he's about to say something. Uh, let's, not talk about, something. let's not talk about how great the Buccaneers are. We just lost. Uh, so. <laughs> Nick, Nick doesn't want to talk about Mike Allstott anymore. No, no, no. Sorry. Baker Mayfield turns out is not a great quarterback in, in the end. Oh. <laughs> Just kind of, he's just kind of okay, uh, but uh, <laughs> just kind of it's serviceable, a journeyman, you could say. Uh, but yeah, Vega Punk is about to allude to something the Buccaneer people do, but he doesn't finish that thought. Classic One Piece. Uh, Kizaru just kind of sighs. He's like, "Well, it's over." Uh, Bonnie gets to climb up into Vega Punk's arms because, or uh, Takuma's arms, like he went down and grabbed her when she was crying, and she gets to kind of like grab onto his little face. Yeah. She's back. Uh, she's, pure, she's fully back in her natural twelve-year-old form at this point. Yeah, and she just says, "Thank you, Daddy." <laughs> Shouldn't have said. Uh, she's like, "I got to see all of your memories. I got to see Mommy, and she was such a wonderful person. I got to see all those letters you wrote me, and I was so happy to find it all. It's so sweet." She's like, "You know, everyone calls you a tyrant, a tyrant." But I know my daddy is the kindest and most wonderful man in the entire world, and I'll never, ever forget it. And Kuma is hugging her. Like, he is embracing yeah. her, but his face can't express anything. It's yeah. just, like, cold and stoic. Uh, it's very sad. They embrace. Uh, but then St. Saturn gets up. Like, there's a big explosion of power. Stands up. Shows back up. His arm has been mangled. It's, like, torn to pieces, basically. And he's he's furious. He's like, Vegapunk! What is this? What is this you're doing? And I feel like Vegapunk's like, well, I suppose it may look that way. <laughs> but I suppose you could call this the power of love if that makes you feel better. Bullshit! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in his defense, the reason why Kuma's acting does seem to be the power of love or something, he doesn't yeah, quite get it. He has another pure reason. raw determination, it seems like. Uh, but St. Saturn's arm begins to regenerate at this point. And it's weird. Sanji reacts, uh, like how come his body's changed? And I just forgot that one piece wasn't one of the many series where characters just spontaneously regenerating. Isn't like a normal right. thing in this universe. I'm like, Oh yeah, that's actually is kind of well, weird. It, and interesting. Especially because it seems like he might have like a Zoan type fruit. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it, that would not normally entail having regenerative powers in some form. Yeah. It, it was interesting to me in that moment. Uh, but St. Saturn is, is preparing to end that. He's like, all right, if this is a flaw in the human program, and then you all have no use to me anymore. And he goes to try to stab uh, Kuma. Sanji interferes. He kicks the foot away. It is very, very cool and satisfying to see Sanji get to act. Frankie is like, hey, we owe Kuma a great debt too. And he is preparing to activate his rat 
mechanical beam. Uh, Kizaru's watching on. He's like, oh, wow, you've developed very well. The beam is super effective. It rips straight through fucking uh, Saturn. Uh, but that moment is when Kazaru chooses to attack. So he, he knocks Frankie away. He says, show me how much you've grown and, and blasts him away. Uh, and, uh, you know, we have a whole bunch of chaos happening at this point. The, the wound on St. Saturn is closing. Uh, Bonnie is like, oh, no, my gosh, my dad's not moving. Uh, Atlas comes and grabs him and, and Vegapunk's like, get him to the Labo phase. Uh, Kuma or uh, Kizaru is now standing in front of Saturn and is like, all right, since Kuma's here now, this kind of even things out a little bit. So maybe we can end this, right? Vegapunk confronts him. It's just like, have you no heart? You're a sad man. And Kizaru just says, yeah, I'm a miserable sight. I should have brought darker shades. So cool for it's, no reason. <laughs> it's so cool, but does legitimately feel very conflicted. It kind of feels like his hand is forced yeah. now. Because before yeah. he was able to kind of play around with the fact he's like, I'm a Marine Admiral, but no one's watching me. But now St. Siren is physically right there. He kind of seems like he has to act on this. And the chapter ends with the buster call being activated. This island yeah. has been declared a threat to the world government. They are to burn it to the ground. And St. Saturn ends the chapter by saying, those who study the secrets of the world and those who possess the blood of a lost people and those who have, have, have awakened an ancient god, this island is full of inconvenient people who must be eradicated. Yeah, uh, so we're going to have to deal with the Straw Hats having been <laughs> being on an island where a buster call has been declared, which of yes. course it seemed like we were heading Rob in that direction. Robin's been like, been there, done that, girl. <laughs> It's fine. You'll just lose everyone you love. It's yeah. okay. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, uh, it was great to see that punch actually happen and to have the review of like, yeah, self-destruct switch didn't kill him. Nice. Yeah. Um, and it seems like based on the fact that they're carrying Kuma somewhere that they're at least indicating that right now there is hope that he could be brought out of this somehow obviously no guarantee of that uh, it seems like he is potentially just his body's just moving under the power of his soul right now so maybe that's not gonna last yeah um but i thought we were gonna just like have maybe one punch land and then he blows the hell up so that's yeah not the case it's it's very nice to know that that the explosion thing isn't necessarily going to be what's happening uh, I still don't think that there's a happy ending for Kuma here in all of this. Mm-hmm. I think we're watching a real life flashback happen before our eyes. Um, <laughs> but I am super excited to see where this goes. Um, this was this was awesome. This was as satisfying yeah. as I thought it was going to be seeing Kuma land that punch. This may be the most satisfying punch in all of One Piece. I know a lot of people turned to uh, Luffy punching uh, Carlos back in uh, the Fishman Island, or uh, not Fishman Island, the Archipelago arc. It's definitely, definitely meant to be reminiscent of that. Yeah, it feels in that way, but this one feels like it has so much more. Again, there's so much lore to Kuma and decades worth of it that, holy shit, it's so fucking good. I, I love this so much. I'm not even going to like uh, like hide it. One Piece chapter of the week, Kuma character of the week. It's it's just perfect. Uh. I also wanted to bring to just note on like it was really weird but very nice to have a moment where like Frankie got to do something. Yes. And then when Kizaru blasted him, I was like, Are we gonna have Frankie and Kizaru fight? <laughs> <laughs> 
It, it is uh, nice to have him acknowledge, like, oh, right, nice laser beams. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, this was a great chapter. Uh, a lot of stuff happened. It, things took a direction that I wasn't expecting them to, and I'm very much welcoming of that. And, uh, yeah, we're back fully into the present period. Getting, gotten completely out of the flashback now. We get to see how this whole thing is going to go. Yes. So, looking forward to it. That's going to do it for Weekly Manga Recap. Let's name our favorites. Quinn, you have already given me your favorite series. Do you have an MVP for this week? Kuba as well. Yep. I gotcha. Yeah. All right. Uh, my, my favorite chapter. Uh, there were a lot of really good chapters yes. this week. There there were. But mine was Spy Family. I thought that this chapter was such a perfectly executed joke. Just, oh, we're going to launch into a, into a mini arc, a murder mysteries. No, it's done because Hanya can read minds. Bond uh, can the, see the future. Yeah. All the little things, the, the, the cute ski trip at the beginning, all the silly fucking pun names for all the students and, and the writer and everything. It's all really, really good. Yes. Uh, and for my MVP, I am going with Sora because he's insane. <laughs> like, why is he so intense? Uh, oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, my God. He is nice. really good. Fuck. I really should have considered giving it to him this week. Ah, that Kuma punch is so good. But that is a great back. Holy shit. I wish I had thought of that. Great uh, pick. But, yeah, but I just want to say, like, Blue Box was really, really yeah. good. Uh, and I also thought Cypher Academy was really, really good. Uh, but Spy Family is just too funny. Like, I, I, I've got to give it that. So that is that's fair. it. The audience, uh, by the way, audience. picked uh, One Piece as the chapter of the week. And the uh, MVP is a tie between Kuma and Nayuta from Chainsaw Man. Hmm. All right. Well, that is going to do it, everyone, for Weekly Manga Recap. We will be back next week, right around the same time, which will be somewhere between 7.30 and 8 Eastern here on twitch.tv slash T. You can check out our past episodes on weeklymangarecap.podbean.com in audio form and in video form on YouTube, youtube.com slash weeklymangarecap. We also post them on all the podcast feed type of places like iTunes and Spotify and such like that. You can also join us on the Week of Manga Recap Discord server, which will be linked wherever this gets posted. Chat about chapters as they come out. Uh, make recommendations by going on the Google Doc, which is maintained by Ninja X3i. You can also ask us questions for a future Q&A episode and such like. Uh, we also have a new Patreon thingy where we talked uh -huh. about stuff Uh our New Year's resolutions, mostly Quinn's. Uh, <laughs> and I have a stuff, few, unfortunately. And also just kind of like some general like media thoughts beyond the world of manga uh, as well. Nick gives his thoughts on Jujutsu Kaisen. If you were curious to hear yep. what Nick thinks about uh, probably the biggest series we uh, don't talk about on the show, uh, go listen to that episode because uh, uh, near the end, Nick will give his, his full unfiltered thoughts on Jujutsu Kaisen. Yep. They're emotional. So, <laughs> um, and, uh, we also want to thank Milo Jack Stilitz and Winston Cheddar for doing the opening sequence of the video version of the show. And, uh, oh, and Steve Mann, who does occasional title cards. You can check out all of his artwork by just searching for Steve Mann art. So that is, uh, that's everything, I believe. So thank you all for joining us talk about manga next week as well yeah next week is where we talk about all that manga uh we're gonna have a good time next week 
Uh, Nick, what are you most looking forward to? Next week? Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to pick I one thing it, right now. One thing in general in my life? Yes, like, in existence. I, I, I mean, it's the end of the month, so that means I'm going to be busy at work. No, that's a terrible answer. Uh, 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 I hear you. Uh, Heat death of the universe. All right, goodbye, everybody. Wait, that's next week? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I Shield 21. That's it, right? We're going to talk that's about I Shield 21 hopefully next week. Uh, it's going to be uh, super. Hopefully. It's going to be super legal. I'm not not talking about this, Nick. No, no, no. Yeah, with you. Yeah. yeah okay, it's happening. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna close my eyes. I'm gonna hold out my hand. <laughs> I don't care where you got it, but someone's gonna hand me. Uh, a translated version of this Ice Shield 21 chapter, and we're both gonna go our own separate ways and support the official release, okay? Yes. Good. Goodbye, everybody. Uh, we'll cash in on our favors from our Viz friends. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, we have no favors to get, we're not translate. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, favors, favors. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I have here an official, uh, pad of paper from the Shonen Jump offices that says we are your eternal podcast rivals. Also, we won because you don't do your podcast anymore. (laughs) So, I believe you owe us a favor. I shield. I shield. I shield. I shield.